Uh, well, welcome to Cocktails and Comics, the fifth round. Uh, Brian's cracking open uh, his White Claw or whatever. This is a Mike's Harder <laughs> Lemonade. It's not just hard lemonade, it's harder. Oh. It's like the second Die Hard mm. movie, Die Harder. I, I used to drink those. I don't know if Jack Daniels still does their lemonades, but I used to enjoy one of those every once in a while. Well, well we're going to get right into this. So I'm joined by Brian. Say hello, hello Brian. Brian. <laughs> and Kurt. Hello, Brian. <laughs> oh, and sorry. Tim. <laughs> hello, Brian. I'll make it. I'll make it official. <laughs> Trifecta. <clears throat> uh, we've got. You know, this is going to be a little shorter episode, but we've got some fun stuff to talk about. Um, we'll obviously, you know, touch on what everybody's having for their cocktail of choice tonight, uh, and then we'll we'll go in. Uh, it's been mentioned on some of the other podcasts that yes, my my wife and I do run a small business, a comic book store. And I thought we'd kind of go through uh, what what it's like every week, you know, going through FOC, which is final order cutoff, and I'll explain that more. And we'll take a look at what's on cutoff for this week from, you know, Dark Horse and Marvel and IDW and Image. And then we'll have to jump over to a different site for DC because, of course, they left Diamond, um, which is a whole debacle in itself. Uh, we'll touch on the... WandaVision finale. Tim has not seen it yet, so we'll try not to give away too much because it really was a great cap to the limited series. And then uh, Brian, I know, wanted to talk about Superman and Lois, which I have to admit, I haven't oh. seen yet. I did hear... I know. I've heard good things about it. I Honestly, I had pretty low expectations. Scott so Gardner I even liked the first episode. And that's, that's high praise, well, that's, really, because... He's, I mean, he, he said he wouldn't watch it because he wasn't wearing the trunks. And and he was convinced oh. to watch it. Because apparently, I mean, not apparently, but in the first five minutes, they show early on scene of Superman, and he's wearing the trunks. And he's got the old black, you know, S mm. thing, uh, shield there. I, I thought you were talking about Scott sitting wearing the trunks while he's watching. <laughs> well, he does. Well, that, that may that Who may cares? Be. What people enjoy in their free time is their own business. Um, we'll talk about that, or at least Brian and those that have watched it, Kirk and Tim, uh, they'll talk about that. Um, we've got Godzilla versus King Kong coming up. Uh, and then, of course, right around the corner is the Justice League Schneider Cut, uh, which for those that you know, whether it's curiosity or just disappointment in the first film, you know, we've touched on this before, but we're right uh, right around the corner from it, March 18th, so 12 yeah. days from today. Well, and Godzilla's at the same yeah, time, isn't it? It's the 26th. The 21st, oh, is it that late? For some reason, I keep thinking it's later. I don't know. So why don't we go around, go around the horn? So, Brian, what do you, what do you got there? Uh, what are you this drinking? This Mike's Harder Lemonade. Like I said, you know, it's... Uh, Nice thing like that, and I got some red Red's Wicked Apple, also chilled in case I get through this. But mm. I got a little sloshy the last time we were doing this, and I, especially late in the show. <laughs> I you was, think? <laughs> I was pretty comfortable. Uh, roasty, mm. toasty. Sounds like you're sounds like you're about halfway oh, there now. I am just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tim, what are you enjoying there? I am drawing a Blue Moon Shandy, which is Blue Moon and Lemonade. Uh, I think that's the second time we've been recorded. We've been recording, and you were having that. It's one of my go-to drinks. One of the new Kroger marts today, and they actually have uh, you can buy twelve packs of Shandy now, uh, made by various well, beer, beer companies. 
Yeah, Lake Lake and Lake and Schlug, and Schlugel, Lake and whatever. <laughs> they make a shandy, which is not bad. But well, is it Leinenkugels? Is that what Leinen- you're trying to say? Leinenkugels. That's what I'm trying to say. Kirk, what are you enjoying? Well, um, I have. <laughs> Stop laughing. I have juicy juice, cherry flavor, in a small <laughs> jelly jar that has Winnie the Pooh and Tigger on it. And that's uh, my drink for the evening, but I'm I'm just about to the bottom, so I may have You've to get had a refill. That cup for a long just, time, right? You said for many many years. Oh, probably twenty, maybe twenty five years. My daughter's twenty six. This came when my daughter was eating peanut butter and jelly that sandwiches. Never been so in the dishwasher, yeah, has it? It's always been hand washed. On the contrary, it has. <laughs> they go through uh, quite regularly. There, of all the twenty, about the the dozen or so of these that we have. And they all have different designs. Only one has lost its paint. And when I say lost its paint, I mean entirely. I don't know what happened to that jar, but it's it's. I know what it is, but you couldn't see the the design on it. Tide pod in the in the dishwasher instead of a regular. Could be. (laughs) I I got one of those large glasses with uh, the Robin decal on it. You know, Uh, and. I don't know. I was put in the dishwasher a few times, and that decal's pretty much gone. I mean, the, the bottom right. half of the top half is, is barely hanging on. But so I was surprised to see, you know, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger there. You know, I, I was told yeah. last week, and I haven't looked this up, and I'm just kind of curious if you had y'all ever heard that that Pooh himself is actually a she? No, no, no. I've never heard that. And, and so I'm like, no, seriously? He's a boy. Oh bother! Oh, he's bother. a boy. Okay. Yeah, he's a boy. I'll have to check the books, but we'll see what pronoun is used with him. But I'm certain he's, it's a he. Yeah. Piglet, on the other hand. <laughs> murder, 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 murder. Oh, sorry. Well, that's John Fiedler strikes again. <laughs> I am having not my usual Dr. Pepper and uh, Crown or Dr. Pepper and uh, Jack Daniels single barrel. I am enjoying Canadian Club Classic, uh, which is a 12-year-old whiskey it's a secret because it's really cheap, but it's super good. <laughs> I've never had. I ran out of my crown. I finished off my crown in vanilla, which is really good. You mix that with Dr Pepper. That's pretty good, right? Uh, but I've never tried. Um, usually, yeah, I, go, I mean, St. Jameson's my go-to whiskey from a drinking. Next time you're at the liquor store, get a bottle of Canadian Club Classic. It's a 12-year-old uh, whiskey. It's very good for whatever reason, and if you can Google this too, it scores super high, you know, on any of the, like the whiskey review sites or bourbon sites. But it just doesn't command a very high price. So if you're looking for a little bit of a change, I would highly it's recommend nice to it. See my brother here. Uh, maybe and as I've told you, my brother's in the in the liquor business, so I'll have to ask him about that. Ooh. He, I mean, he knows his his scotch and whiskey and sour mash and. I mean, he can drink a glass of wine and tell you how many barnacles were on the feet of the girl crushing the grapes. I mean, he's a true oenologist. That's the term for those guys that can that can actually sip wine and tell you all about them. Well, you, Brian, you've got the hookup. You've got your brother for booze, and you got David for comics. What else do you need? Yeah. <laughs> I, I need someone right. to supply me with a side of beef every week, okay? <laughs> and and, and, and it, you're in Texas. That's where they grow them. Yeah. I gotta say though, I just, just I finally it. got my my Hooters sauce. I don't know if you guys saw the my post. Oh, on oh my gosh! But I've been trying to find the, the right buffalo sauce, and I found I can buy from their website. 
a six pack of their sauce, the, the large jars of their sauce. And so uh, I've got that, and so finally I'm happy. I, I tried my hand at Nashville hot chicken tonight. It was not bad. Isn't it kind of mm. sweet? We did. No? Mm. Well, the stuff I bought is not. It's just really, really hot. It's real spicy. Yeah. We just tried uh, a new barbecue sauce. It actually came, and my wife got me for Christmas uh, one of those. And I'm sure you've seen the advertisements for it, like the man crate. <laughs> she got it for me for Christmas, and that particular crate came with a whole bunch of different barbecue sauces and then grilling stuff like a, a smoker box for you know gas grills and some other stuff. And we just opened up one of the barbecue sauces earlier this week. It's called Bone Doctor barbecue mm. sauce and super good and I, I you know coming in like a subscription box thing I didn't have high hopes but man is it tasty I'm going to have to oh. try that uh, I, yeah, I'm always so, looking for, for different uh, barbecue sauces and, and whatnot. It's like I just bought one uh, a few months back called the Devil's Spit and it was that's, a little high in vinegar though <laughs> but um, that sounds like ring of fire well, later I've actually got another one here that's made with ghost peppers a barbecue sauce made with ghost peppers, and it's made locally. And I, I haven't opened it yet, and I'm just kind of like, do I dare? Do I dare? But uh, I'll, I'll have to try it at some point. Have you ever seen the the show Hot Ones? And yes. um, I saw one recently where Paul Rudd is being interviewed by the guy on the show. I don't know the guy's name, but <laughs> apparently they go through like 10 different wing sauces at increasing levels of Scoville ratings, increasing heat. Yes. And uh, it's really an interesting show, and I've seen it a, a couple times with different different celebrities and, and him. And Paul Rudd's the first one I've seen to actually get through all of them without really needing to uh, douse the fire. But this, There's been a few. Even Gordon Ramsay got <laughs> pretty torched towards the end. But, you know, they, they make a um, mistake by drinking milk. I, no, it's, it's something in the milk that helps to negate yeah, the spice but it does negate the, the capsation but if you really want to do it you yeah. want it because it, it's it's a base and that's what's giving you that that burning sensation you need to oppose it with an acid and it, what i do is i eat orange slices or, or i'll drink orange juice or orange soda even and that that gives instant relief every time i, I don't understand the milk thing because it just doesn't yeah i I've Base never been into the big and spice. Acid together. Boom! I can just imagine no, how that comes it, out. A, it defeats it perfectly. <laughs> Very fast and at a high velocity curve. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've never been big on. I mean, I like a little spice, but, you know, I'm a Midwesterner, right? So even for a Midwesterner, I like it a little notch above that. I like things to have a nice kick, but to me, if you're sweating, while you're eating something, that's not it's a good thing. Yeah, it's when, too when much. When my bald spot starts to sweat, <laughs> I real too I much realize, information. Oh, no, it's my bald spot. I'm not talking about my O-ring. But <laughs> oh God, <laughs> you're the one that went there. He's talking about his nuts. Yeah, no, it's just like like, like I was like I'll, I'll reach up to the top of my head and go, okay, bald spot sweating. That's enough heat. But I mean. That's yeah, your barometer. The, the thing is, is like, you know, the, the places given the most heat in a restaurant environment had always been Hooters with their 9-11 sauce or Bentley sauce. They no longer provide that. The Three, the, the three Mile Island is the hottest that they have. And so 
Yeah, tired of cleaning I the toilet every ten minutes. The reasoning was for doing away with it. Maybe not enough people were ordering it, but they they basically uh, broadened their horizons and they're doing a variety of barbecue, variety of garlic, variety of lemon pepper, and you know. So I mean, mm. I, I think that because they've done that, that they're they're they had to take some of the things off the menu. Got it. So anyway, Tim was wearing a dress. Oh, oh he's back. <laughs> uh, well. I have, uh, Try something new. Yeah, I got a refill, and I decided to go old-fashioned here. I'm drinking what is known as a Boilermaker, which yeah. is Blue Moon, which is like Bear Ahead, and Texas whiskey dropped in with yep. mixed results. It's not <laughs> not great. Yeah, <laughs> but you're committed you're now. You made it. But, really but it is ass, so you don't it is alcoholic. The flavor. Well, I'm gonna get a refill. I don't think it mixes with Blue Moon very well, so that's it. Well, let's transition to our first topic. So, uh, you know, one of the things that we've talked about here is that, you know, my wife and I own a small business, um, you know, uh, selling comics, and I I don't carry everything. I carry select stuff, you know, because there's so much dreck out there that I, you know, in the beginning when we started the business, I carried the full lines for everybody, and, you know, that's how you fill up long boxes really fast and lose money you know there's a there's a joke about you know if you want to become a millionaire as a comic book shop owner start as a billionaire (laughs) Um, and it's true so you kind of have to be selective about what you bring in um you know that that you know is above and beyond whatever your your pre-orders are so uh i figured i'd share a little bit you know every month you go through what's called the initial orders and the initial orders you know is the full previews catalog that you could pick up at your comic book store you can read digitally from uh, previewsworld.com and then retailers get about three weeks out uh, what's called uh, FOC or final order cutoff and that's where we can adjust you know our orders for different things you know up or down and there's no penalty for it now not every publisher participates in FOC so some of your smaller or niche publishers don't participate in FOC but the majority of them do. And so this is kind of your final opportunity to make those adjustments and commit your order. And I figured we'd go through that today just to give, you know, some insight. And I haven't shared on Skype before, but I'm going to try and share here so you guys can see what I'm seeing. Well, the adjustments are usually increases, right? It's very, very rare that somebody would go through and say, oh, instead of a dozen, I want to only go with three. I mean, it's sometimes isn't that yes right? Yeah, I mean, yes yes and no. So part of what, you know, we're competing against, right, is is a lot of shops do, you know, uh, custom variants. So there's some, you know, covers that'll be open. You know, typically it's first issue, but that's been expanding as of late, where they'll do first order, you know, uh, store variants. That can diminish the demand, you know, for a, a particular title. The other piece is... Um, if you see huge orders, you know, like if you just do an eBay search, you know, or whatever your favorite search engine is and search for a particular issue, if you see, you know, a thousand listings, you know, on, on any given site, that's an indication that that book is probably overordered and there's not going to be enough demand, right? There's too much supply, not enough demand. Um, can you guys see my screen, yeah. by the way? Yes. Yeah, yes. Well, okay. Yes. Very clear. see that Galactus Funko <clears throat> Yeah. <laughs> So this is Diamond's page. 
So as a retailer, when I log in, this is the page I get. And I get, you know, the new to order stuff. I get what's new this week. There's special deals on things. Uh, but as Brian pointed out, right, they, um, you know, will have different, you know, call outs. So this one is saying there's an allocation alert on Funko Pops Jumbo Marvel Galactus with Silver Surfer 10 inch figurine. So if I click on that, oh, we do have some of those on order. Surfer on it too. Cool. Yeah, little tiny Silver Surfer. Oh, with uh, a bobblehead as well. It's oh. Funko Pops. Bobbleheads actually wiggle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, there's no Funko. Funko Pops does do bobbleheads and oh, regular okay. kind. They have I, I prefer the non-bobbleheads. Yeah, yeah, I like the necessarily bobblehead ones. So what's the difference? This this one doesn't bobble? <clears throat> doesn't uh, wobble? Doesn't look like it. Usually oh, they okay. would say... It must tell you how much demand there is. Look, they only they limit it to twenty thousand pieces, which you think would be enough, but they're saying it's. This out. is a this is a bobblehead. So yeah, that's my Galactus bobblehead. See how his head. Uh, yes. How much I is see. this one going for? Yeah. Or does it say forty uh, five? Well, forty five ninety nine. We got to click here on this, and we'll see. Uh, consumer price forty five ninety nine, and discount code is I. So as a retailer, I would get thirty five percent off. Which now, is not a lot. No, no, Dave. Just as a civilian, I can't order anything directly from Diamond, right? I have no. to go through. Okay, so it have yep. to go through somebody like you or a store. Yep. Just get a tax yep. number. You gotta be. <laughs> yeah. You actually <laughs> have to be a business. You actually have to have, you know, a uh, uh, corporate email address. You've got to have, you know, a uh, URL. You know, a website that <laughs> you've, uh, you know, paid for. So but here, here's what I do every weekend is I go in here and I go down to orders and I could go FOC weekly. And for Diamond, I have until Monday night to finalize these uh, for DC. And we'll go over to DC here in just a minute. DC, <clears throat> their final order cutoff is on Sundays, unless it falls on a holiday, in which case they bump it to the Thursday. Um, so it gives you even less time. What, what, what's the top line there? <laughs> You promised me darkness number one nude variant. Yeah, I can see I don't have any of these on order. I thought this was a family-friendly show. Put, oh, put, Kirk, put Kirk down for ten. <laughs> it's blocked out. It's blocked out. Um, oh, I could get into a whole discussion about that with uh, oh. eBay and listing uh, what do they call them? Risque variants from a couple different publishers. Where they don't show anything on the cover, but just the fact that it says Risk A, eBay gets really upset about it. It's ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, so here it's it's organized by Dark Horse, then you got an IDW, then you have Image Comics, Marvel Comics. Whoa. Yep. And this is every week, by the way. <clears throat> AWA Studios, um, Boom, Vault, Ablaze, Dynamite Entertainment, it's DE, uh, Action Lab, Archie Comics, and then kind of the one-off stuff that's, you know, the small indie publishers. Now, you don't get this kind of thing from DC also, right? That's because it's its own thing? I yeah. do, and but I have to go through a different distributor since they left Diamond. And so it was with UCS, and then UCS decided that they weren't going to distribute for DC anymore. And that's a whole... We could have an hour-long discussion on that because the two companies that DC went with are Midtown and... Uh, discount comic book uh, DCBS, and they spun off. You know, they created their own separate oh, companies that, yeah. to distribute DC product. Yeah, it's there. If you ever read Tilting at Windmills, um, 
he goes into a whole diatribe about how can you have, you know, like the biggest competitor against comic book stores, right? These two behemoths, online behemoths, now also acting as distributors, and that doesn't create a conflict of interest. Well, isn't it rumored that the owner of Diamond was thinking or trying to buy DC? There's been all kinds of talk about, you know, AT&T spinning off just DC Comics itself, um, the comic publishing part, not the actual IP. So, so Warner so, would still retain ownership for the actual. Yeah. Okay. Right, but they would. They would, somebody else would actually do all the public uh, publishing. They would. Do yes. Some, they would have to license all their DC properties. Yep. Now, whether or not that comes to pass, I don't. I mean, I highly doubt it. Um, you know, as far as I know, you know, both Marvel and DC on the publishing front have a mandate that they have to make money. Now, it may not be a lot of money. But they're making money. Uh, but of course, when you get under these huge umbrellas, you know you could have a subsidiary or a portion of a co- you know a company making fifty million dollars, and that isn't enough. Yeah. You know, and so they spin it off. But yeah, so if we go back to Diamond here, this is this is what I look at every single week, and I haven't made you know any of the the adjustments in here yet. But I go through this every week. And wants to go through and pick some numbers for you? <laughs> we'll, here, here. Can you see my arrow here? We'll just I, I, twenty I just here, fifty here. Shaolin Cowboy Star Trek. What the hell is that? <laughs> um, I usually like to sort by, you know, price first. Um, <laughs> Smart. So here's a Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre Leatherface Slaughter. PX means previews exclusive art effects statue. That's one hundred and twenty six dollars. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Four Omnibus Hardcover Volume Three, where you get uh, Fantastic Four sixty one through ninety three annuals five through seven and material from Not Brand Eck five through I, seven. I that saw that when I, went, I put it in my uh, put it in an order from DCPS for and I saw that and that they had it for about half that price. Yeah, this is the retail price you see on the right here. Yeah. So this is full retail. It's not inclusive of, of what the retailer gets for discounts. Now, get a little, I, let's go up one to the variant, the Ross variant. Down oh, one. Oh. There. Okay, I, I got it. I see, see the cover. That's gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, nice so, so Marvel typically with their omnibuses does, you know, two, sometimes three or four, depending on how popular they think the omnibus is going to be. <clears throat> where you get this direct market or uh, the regular cover, which is what you'd find at like a Barnes and Noble or any of your bigger bookstores, and then these uh, DM variants are direct market only variants. So you can only get those through a comic book store. You're not going to find these at your Barnes and Noble. Right. And typically, these are the classic covers mm-hmm. for the variants. Now, David, I had uh, back in the day when I had a uh, when I had my BCS and I had a. Um, uh, subscription, they would give me previews magazine. We'd get it, and I would go yep. through and circle everything I wanted, hand it back in. He would charge me, I think, fifteen uh, percent or something like that, and he would order it. And then when it came in, I'd pay half price. I think. Wow. So that so he must have to go through all of those uh, previews, and then add them up, and then do what you're doing: go through and put place the orders for the people he knows are going to buy stuff. Plus, right. if he thinks he needs for his store. Yeah, and this is where we can have a whole conversation about speculators and things like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. so I go through and I place the orders for what I have um, 
pre-purchase, right, or, or folks that have committed to purchasing that particular, you know, trade, omnibus, comic, whatever it is, and then I order extras for the store for someone that maybe didn't pre-order it but heard about it and now they want to get a copy. Uh, it's tricky because... It's a big know, chunk of change. Yep. So with, like, the Fantastic Four Omnibus Volume 3, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you figure... You know, one of the things that is never talked about is Diamond charges you whatever the actual freight is. So with this Omnibus, I'll probably order 10 because I have... I think it's four. I have to go look at my spreadsheet, but I think I have four or five pre-orders for this one, the direct market variant, and then I get typically five more for stock in the store because the direct market variants tend to sell pretty well. Um, but yes, I have to pay freight on that. So when I order a whole bunch of omnibuses, like you can see in this order, there's a bunch of them. There's a Loki omnibus, which I don't know why anybody would want is. that. <laughs> um says collecting avengers number one journey into mystery 111 113 115 through 123 and a whole bunch of other ones i can't think of anybody off top and i don't have any pre-orders for this who's like oh my gosh i'm a huge loki tom hedleston to sign everything (laughs) right i mean the direct market variant's nice yeah yeah i i recognize these issues it's where he plays a prominent role each one of those issues so is, is acts of vengeance in there don't no, this so. looks, <laughs> looks like all Silver Age and even That's Golden Kirby. Age stuff. Uh, yeah, Kirby. It's all Kirby stuff. Usually Vinny Coletta. Yeah. Yep. Which I really thing. like. You know, they, they, they look Don't really anybody... Uh, you know, I wouldn't take away anything from yes. that. You know, it, just people will give Vinny Coletta, a, you know, a, a, a slap on the chops whenever they get a chance because there were times yep. where he was under yep. the gun like everybody else and he erased more than he but he had a deadline and he had to deliver you know and he so. brought it in yep yeah he had to put food on the table well and, and yes i agree with brian he gets bad rap for that but he's to me he's kind of like the 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 designated hitter right like oh we screwed up we're not boy. done yep let's yep. give it to Vinny. he can get it done and he gets it done and then you know decades later people are crapping on him right uh but yeah so something like this you know, this is a crapshoot, right, for me, because it's like, well, do I order a couple of them yeah. or not? You know, is there really going to be any demand, or is this going to sit, you know, in the store? Yeah. Uh, we got the Absolute Carnage Omnibus. Oh, which that's is, even worse. No, this is... Yeah, I sold yeah, out... Be, I think that'd be a hot. I think that would be a hot. Uh, yep. This is another printing of it. Um, I sold out, I think I ordered 10 or 12, and I sold out within a week. They were all wow. gone. Um, we've got this is this is a hot one too. I'm going, looks like either I was in here or Jen was in here, but the Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Michelin and McFarlane omnibus. Of course, this has you know the really high demand Bronze Age stuff. Amazing Spider-Man 296 to 329. But that's you a know. reprint, isn't it? Because I think I have that book. Isn't it is a reprint, but it's yeah. it's very it's getting expensive. And so Marvel's mm-hmm. been getting better about doing these reprints. So that people can still get them at a decent price, right? You know, and not have to pay, you know, additional premiums over the top. And this one's not bad. Hundred dollar retail price. It's eight hundred and fifty six pages. So that's a lot of comic. Yeah. Andy probably wants one of those. That's what he's been covering lately. Uh, the glittering delights the Michelinie McFarland era. They've also they put out a uh, Eric Larson version of that too. I think I've got that. It's Eric Larson's Spider Man omnibus. Yeah, I've got a couple of those on my personal shelf. Um, yeah, that Marvel's been doing that quite a bit lately, where they're 
tagging particular, you know, writer and artist combos. Yeah. You know, so if you really liked a particular run by a particular writer and artist, you can get that in an omnibus. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. How let's many of those uh, Man-Thing omnibus did you order? The Oh, Madman, the library edition? No, no, Man-Thing. Marvel, Man-Thing. Where do you see that? I don't see it here. I mean, it was a while back. I had mine before. Oh, but oh just probably a couple, I, couple weeks ago. Yeah, just a handful of them. Months ago. <clears throat> you know, he's, he's not really a high, hot no, man. No, he's not. No. You know, character. <laughs> um, you know, he just gets some crazy stuff like Holly Go Lightly, Vampirella Magazine, 1972, <laughs> reprint, virgin cover. No. 50 bucks you retail. Know, what, what's interesting oh. is about all the, the, the Warren publishing Vampirella, you can find online. It's all archived online. I mean, if you just want to read it. Yeah, let me go. Well, Vampirella is still going strong. So if we go, um, go down to Dynamite, and they're like the kings of, wow. uh, of variants, right? So here we got Vengeance of Vampirella. Holy smokes! Um, what do we got? Number sixteen. So here's the regular cover, uh, B cover, C cover, D cover. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, this is the. They always do a cosplay one. That features different cosplayers. Uh, there's not much there. That's well, yeah, that doesn't have much. <laughs> not a whole lot of not a lot of cosplay there. A lot of yeah. play, not a lot of cos. And that's just spray paint too. That's just you know. <laughs> um, so yeah. So for example, uh, if I ordered this book, which you know we do have a fair amount of Vampirella orders, I have to split it between these four covers, mm-hmm. and then they add. A bonus variant every single time. So here's a bonus FOC variant by uh, Santa Maria. So here's this one. And again, okay. I have no, I have no idea. You, is that the one you get if you order so many? No. So that's so these are just the regular covers. The bonus FOC. There's no qualifier for it. Oh. So with Dynamite, then you go up here and you see. If I order 10 copies, then I get one copy of this cover, the Segovia, which is this one. She kind of looks like she has two sets of these, if you know what I mean. That looks like a weird, kind of a weird cover. You're right. Now, that's the one that a normal a brick-and-mortar store would have that, and they'd jack the price up because yep. you'd have to, you know, yeah. they can make a lot of their money by those variant covers. Well, and that, yes, and that, that can be the case, especially if it's something like this where... You know, maybe they only have five orders, you know, pre-orders, but they order five more for the shelf. Well, they'll get one copy of this, and typically, you know, it depends. But you know, the way that you're supposed to price these is, you know, one for ten is nine ninety nine, right? So you had to order ten copies between these different issues, you know, or these different covers, to get one of these, which you have to pay for, right? Which I do have to pay for. So this is not. Um, Free, right? So you can see there, retailers will qualify to order a uh, Segovia Virgin cover. Qualify. Now, there are other publishers that will give you a free copy, right? So you order 10, we'll give you one of these for free. Dynamite doesn't do that. So I still end up paying, you know, two bucks for this. So even if you, you know, put it on the shelf at $9.99, your profit is actually $7.99, but that's before whatever you paid to ship it. Yeah, from from Diamond. This is where this business gets complicated, and everybody thinks it's so cut and dry, <laughs> but it's not. So I, you know, you, you get the book for two bucks, you got to pay because it's going to come into your order for the shipping. So instead of it being two dollars, 
and I, I did the math once and it made my head spin, but <laughs> you know, just add a dime onto it, right? So it's like I didn't pay two dollars, I paid two dollars and ten cents, including shipping, or two dollars and fifteen cents including shipping. But dynamite's the the king of this stuff, right? So let's just say we ordered fifty copies, right? We we're a huge Vampirella store. So I would or I would I qualify to order five of these, four of these, the one for eleven cover. Uh, three of the one for 15, two of the one for 20, which this is the cosplay virgin variant. Uh, what, two of these, two of the, uh, two of the, uh, one for 21, sorry, uh, two of the one for 25s, one of the one for 30, uh, another one of one for 30. This, uh, FOC incentive means they just added it. So it wasn't part of the initial previews magazine printing. So I get one of these, I get one of the one for 35, but you can look at what Dynamite does, right? So you get Perillo Tint, and it's got the title on there, so let's pull up this cover. And I get one of these, and there's no guarantee as to what condition this is going to come in, by the way. Right. Diamond does not, which Lunar does, uh, UCS does. They would put it in a bag and board, and they put it in its own, like, Gemini mailer, basically, to protect it. Diamond they they will tell you they're not in the collectibles business. <laughs> they just publish magazines, basically periodicals. So I could, in theory, and it's happened before, where I've got 30 orders for a particular comic, but because of the amount of orders that, say, came in late, I may decide that, you know what, I'm going to order 20 more because I'll qualify for a 1 for 50 variant or something. And if I don't sell those other 20 extra copies... Maybe I'll sell the one for 50, and that pays for the other 20 copies that somebody may pick up later on. If that one for 50 copy comes trashed, I'm SOL. You can't yep. send it back. They don't do any. They nope. won't. Um... I can request. I can say it got damaged, right? I can say, you know, it's, and you have to be very specific about, you know, was it shipper damage? Was it printing damage? Was it, was it their mishandling damage? But nine times out of 10, you're not going to get another one. Hmm. They'll refund you the two dollars that you paid for it, which <laughs> but really, not, but not the extra comics you had to buy to get it. No, right? No, nope. Yeah. nope. So it's kind of like so sorry, and and they don't check these either. So I've had you know shipments that have come and they're perfect. The box is perfect. I open it up, everything inside is sealed perfectly. You know, like a, you know they've got their little dividers and things so that hopefully things don't get damaged. They do try their best in terms of packing them for shipping. But you pull that comic out of the box, and it's got, you know, missing color. It's got spine, you know, uh, uh, damage to it, you know, where you've got creasing. And the comic basically, you know, went from what you would hope would be a near mint to maybe at best a fine. And in the collectibles market, that, you know, takes it from a $50 up to 10 bucks. That must be why you'll see, and I've seen current comics, not old comics, but current comics that are slabbed, and it's 9.8, 9.7. And it's not a particularly valuable comic, but because it's almost perfect, the price is astronomical. And maybe that's, you know, somebody happened to get a great comic off the shelf and they slabbed it and they're charging 50 bucks for something that, you know, on the shelf's costing $3. Yeah, and what we can do another Cocktails and Comics where I could talk about the different paper qualities between the different publishers and who does a good job and who really doesn't care that much, you know, um, Dynamite is really hit or miss with their covers mm. in terms of the quality. Um, 
So yeah, there's no guarantee that this, you know, which this one for 40 copy variant looks really nice. I personally yeah. like like this yeah. one a lot. But I can see that I can see that as a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no guarantee what condition I'm going to get this in. Yeah. Do they still come out of Canada? Aren't they mostly printed or they used to be? Um yes, but like IDW is printed in like China or some other place overseas um, and it comes on a boat. Mm. Um yeah. Oh, here's. Go ahead. I was going to tell you. Here's the covers that eBay gets really mad about. So, Zombie Tramp um, is published by Action <laughs> Lab, Danger Zone, and they always do these risque comics. So, or risque covers. So here's the regular one, oh, right? And this comic isn't that bad. I mean, I've read some of it. It's it's pretty simplistic, but it, it can be enjoyable. So there's the regular cover. Here's the risque. You can imagine what you'd see that's yeah. covered up here eBay will pitch a fit about the fact that it says risque in the title, even though everything's covered up. Yep. Doesn't they matter. know what they're dealing with. But Playboy's Kirk are perfectly fine to list on their site without it being blocked. That's, and not that's, that's to weird. Well, that's mm-hmm. got to be their, their perception that Playboy's for adults and that comic books are going to kids. They're afraid kids are going to look at it. That's it, I think. They're afraid mm-hmm. that they're going to get sued by somebody. Yeah. Hey, can you go to the Marvel section? I thought I yep. saw something that was listed for uh, Wanda uh, Scarlet Witch. To there, Scarlet Witch by James Robinson. What Complete is collection. this? Collecting Scarlet Witch 2016 one through 15 and material from Doctor Strange: The Last Days of Magic. I have no idea what that is. 344 pages. James Robinson. Yeah, he's recent. He can, no, he's but he wrote um, the Starman comics. I yeah, think. after Roger Stern's run. Uh, yeah, he did. Yep, and then he had a couple of other good um, comics as of late. I'm drawing a blank on him, but yeah, he's. But he's also the guy that adapted the uh, the Under the Dome for Amazon. Yes, that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to see if there's anything crazy in here. Um, Oh, I should have done this last week when we had Alien number one. So Marvel is, has acquired the rights to uh, Alien and Predator. And I sent yeah. Brian, because I know he's a big Alien fan, um, they're reprinting or, or doing new printings of the Aliens uh, omnibus. Uh, omnibuses. There's actually Was two. Of uh, Omnibus. <laughs> yes, you're right. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't going to say I anything. I'm just curious. It is. It's Latin. But yeah, but those okay. aren't normally as as big as the Marvel omnibus, are they? Aren't they a little smaller, a little more like a softback? No, this is Mar- Marvel is reprinting them, so they'll be in the traditional Marvel okay. dress and, and size. And they're including Dark Horse too. Yep, yep. They, yeah, they started they, out at Dark Horse, yeah. didn't they? Didn't yeah. they always start yeah. out at Dark Horse? They're hiding stuff. Or is it like Terminator started out with at Now Comics? I think that was then they moved to Dark Horse. I think. <laughs> I always think of the Burning Earth, where, where uh, Alex Ross got his first mar- uh, comic book work, and in one of the yeah. issues, he actually put in was it now comic sucks, or yeah, on the cover, he just he had a little digital readout thing, and he just threw that in there, and they didn't even catch it. <laughs> I think they covered that recently on Back the Bend. They did yeah, not too long ago. Oh, that's right, because they had one of the pages was wrong, the- or the pages were out of order on it. I remember buying buying off the shelf and I was like this art is great this story sucks right and it was also interesting is that in a a regular Terminator comic 
they actually aped some comic uh, John Byrne artwork from Superman number one, the Metallo story. And they took several panels and just almost, almost completely repurposed them in their own story. Hmm. There's, a, there's a Hickman, uh, it's yep. not an omnibus, but there's a Hickman Fantastic Four collection there. Yeah, about. Is Beta Ray Bill that big today? He's he's an on and off character. He hasn't had a, a series for quite a while, um, but yes, he's coming back in a limited series. So you can see here where it says Beta Ray Bill number one of five. So this is a limited series. Uh, Makes you wonder if they're testing the waters if he's going to show up in the next Thor, uh, Thor Eleven, or is it Thor Eleven Thunder? Eleven Thunder. Yeah. Uh, well, we've yeah. been we've been hoping that he would show up. I like. I like Beta Ray Bill. I like the story behind him an and image of him in kind of it's tragic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, on the tower. Yes, I remember that. Well, I mean, here's the thing. You could bring in... Now, the, the problem with Beta Ray Bill is do you do him as an actor or is he completely CGI? Or so, an actor with CGI yeah, superimposed be, over top right, of him. Like right, like Racket Raccoons. Exactly. Uh, so that if you wanted to... to if Chris Hemnell wanted to, say, vacate the... You know, he didn't play Thor anymore, but I think he said he'll play Thor as long as I'll keep painting him. Uh, if he wanted to leave, you bring in Vader Bill and you've got your Thor. It's just right. not Thor. So there's an easy substitution. He's got a great that when he was introduced and in what was it, a five or six series or five or six issue run where him and Thor battle for mm-hmm. Molnir. Right. It's 337. Such great, yeah. Such a great story. And then there's been other great stories written about, you know, like his history and what happened to his planet and his people and all that. He could, I, I know, as a comic book fan, I would love to see a movie on him. Uh, I could see him show up in like a yeah. Guardians movie. Yeah, I don't think he yes. could do a standalone. But he could show up in a Guardians, or uh, of course they took, you know, they 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 named Stor- uh, Thor's new hammer Stormbringer. Yep. Instead of his, but uh, you know, maybe Thor gives that Thor's got his hammer back. Maybe he gives Thor uh, Stormbringer to if Beta Ray shows up. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but. I remember when 337. I have one of the Thunderstrike. Uh, my friend Max Kirkland, who makes props, uh, had had made all three of them and had them mounted on these nice placards. But he wanted to mold them again and borrowed them and destroyed. Them. Well, apparently, you weren't worthy, uh, Brian. Sorry. <laughs> he wasn't worthy. I was worthy. I still have them. <laughs> yeah. I remember when 337 came out how it was just all of a sudden out of left field nobody <laughs> recognized what was going on nobody knew what was going to happen walked into the the comic book shop saw it was interesting because it was shattering the logo yeah and so i picked it up and within a week the word had spread through detroit this is a hot book have you seen what they're doing <laughs> and all of a sudden just like a a firework you know shoom, you couldn't find a copy they'd all vanished it was the hot book, according to CBR, or uh, C- CBG, and uh, geez, I was so glad that I got in on the ground floor. That was an incredible run. And yeah. talk about taking the basic premise and just injecting something that was very appealing instead of the same old, same old. And boy, the whole concept that somebody else might be worthy and could wield the hammer, you know, it was like a light bulb went off. We all kind of went. Oh, uh, cool! Well, Simonson is, I think, a uh, a prime example of an artist that's. It's almost like he was destined to draw that. He goes with right. Thor, 
I don't know if it's because he drew it and we just associate that, but he seemed so made for that work and that uh, story and the storytelling he did because he got so much into the mythology and the backstory and he did so much with it and his art was so and his art is very distinctive, you know. Stylized, yep. Stylized, very stylized. Frog. <laughs> no, I mean, but it, we, but it we still gave good. him, we gave him license to do that and stuck with it because he just amazed us prior to that. And then when they did the little frog arc, it was like, okay, we swallowed that, and then we went on to something else. I don't know if it was the death of the executioner, but it was like the world stopped when that issue hit. It was like. Holy crap! Can you believe this? Remember that vividly. Yep, and here we have in the new series, we have a Walt Simonson variant cover that's a 1 for 25. This looks great. I, I hate mm-hmm. this font. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Tim is a graphic designer. Like, Yeah, that's... I don't know why. That's, that's yeah. an odd... That's an odd yeah. selection for that. But sort what of, a great cover. Sort of Indiana Jones coloring, you know? Well, no, it looks almost like a... Uh, almost like a Halloween font. It looks. I can't. Yeah. I can't nail the font down. But I've got stuff in my. I think in my Illustrator it looks like that. And the gradient's not great either. So. No, it looks out of place. Well, let's look mm-hmm. at the regular cover and maybe it fits better. Um, I think this is it. Yeah. yeah. See, that doesn't look as bad though. That's better. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> well, looks just as bad. <laughs> No, it's you know the other one was a two. This one's a three. And that's a that's a variant of Trajan that font, and they've got a, a circular gradient in the middle. Uh, so it's it's better, but it's not. I like the that I love Th- uh, Simonson's revision rev, revision of the, of uh, the logo after Beta Ray destroyed it because Thor did had kind of an an old type yes. logo with the kind of yes. jagged bottoms, and it had that kind of curved carved look. There's a Ryan Stegman cover. Could you imagine that? that? Terrifying looking. Was that Fing Fang Foom on the last cover, the one before this one? It is, and he looks like he's possessed by the King in Black, which is an ongoing major villain right now in Marvel Comics. You can see the little little symbol there on his forehead. Who's doing that cover? Who's the the artwork on that cover? Uh, Uh. Daniel Warren Johnson looks like he's the writer, artist, and the cover artist. Oh, yeah, I don't. I'm so out of touch with who's writing and drawing right now that I I, I can't identify anybody. This oversized first issue Wait, contains so- an exclusive conversation between Johnson and Beta Ray Bill's creator, the legendary Walter Simon. So this guy, Dan- David uh, Daniel Warren Johnson, he is a writer artist. Because yep. you know, to ask most of the people I talk to today. They say, you know, you don't have many writer artists. You don't have writer artists today like we did, in the, you know, back in the day when Simon said. You don't. Or you don't. don't. So this right you here don't. sounds, you know, so, okay, this is interesting. I mean, I don't know what I think. Of I think you find right it there, but uh, I, I think you find a lot of independent books. But I mean, like so right now, the if you're on a book, the only thing it's going to say consistent is the writer. The artist is going to change like every three or four. They're all too well, it depends on how hot the series is. You know, like Ryan Stegman and Donnie Cates were together from the beginning for the Venom run. Yeah. And they've done, they'll do 36 issues, not including like annuals and things like that or little one-off stuff. But, well, let's go over to DC. Oh, I should say for those that couldn't find it, um, Marvel is putting out another printing of Star Wars Darth Maul, Son of Dothmere. That's been a really hard book to, to track down. And the comic mm-hmm. issues are extremely expensive. 
Um, so that's coming up very soon. Um, the you one should I want to David Store and order it. Yeah, yeah, comicfair.com. Um, so here's DC. Um, it's you know. So you remember how this is like? Oh my gosh, look at all this, right? There's just yeah. tons mm-hmm. to look through. Here's DC. So we get uh, Joker, Harley, Criminal Insanity, number eight of eight. Um, we've got Dark Knights, uh, Death Metal, The Multiverse, Who Laughs, yeah. uh, Batman, The Golden Age, Omnibus, Volume 9, which, uh, you know, credit to them for printing these, because these are not high demand, but I'm right. glad that they're taking the time to, you Get know, high quality. Clean, clean, yeah, clean up whatever copies they have, track down what they need to, to, to put these collections out there. It's funny they're calling it Omnibus, because I thought they used, did they call them Showcase, or... A showcase. Uh, that was their black and white. Well, they have the absolute editions, which are the oversized ones. That's what I'm thinking about. Yep. So this is a great way if, if you're interested in Golden Age Batman, which, you know, I don't think there's many of us left that are. Um, I don't find it particularly interesting. But from a historical perspective, they are interesting to, to read through. Well, it'd be interesting if you're a Batman fan to read, you know, mm-hmm. read some of his history. Yeah, and good luck finding, uh, what do we got in here? Collects Batman 76 through 84, Detective Comics 192 to 208, and World Finest Comics 63 to 70. You're not going to pick up all of those issues in pristine condition for $125. Well, you're, yeah, you're probably going to be a period. <laughs> period. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a couple of, of Superman. Uh, the, they used to put out the, it's not Omnibus, but it's uh, the DC's kind of hardback uh, collection. Oh, I, yeah, conditions. I know what you're talking about. I've got some yeah. of those. Uh, uh, and I've got a couple of Superman uh, all, that are Golden Age like that. Okay, scroll down. Show us some more. Yeah, the one I wanted to, sh- to show is... So, so Brian, you've got a... <coughs> excuse me, a teenage son. So, Fortnite. Big deal for the, the teens. Oh, wow. Is that, that the game? Is that a tie-in with the game? Yep. Yep, so Batman Fortnite Zero Point. This is a six-issue limited series that's going to be coming out, um, let's see, uh, in-store 420. I don't know, is that intentional? Uh, Six-issue limited series. What's interesting about this is it will come with a digital code inside each issue, and I'll just read the solicit here. So each print issue of Batman Fortnite Zero Point will include a redeemable code for bonus DC-themed Fortnite digital items inspired by the events in the comics, starting with the new uh, Rebirth Harley Quinn outfit. And then it says, as a bonus item, fans who redeem all six codes will unlock a new Armored Batman Zero outfit. I want it. I want it. I could say that. That can make it so. Yep. So I'm very interested in this. Obviously, I haven't um, done my, my FOC yet. This was really low on my radar because I just saw Batman and Fortnite and went. Did you, did, put Brian down for yeah. all six. Have you done yeah. your orders yet for uh, Generations Omnibus? Uh, ten of them are coming. Whew. Ten of them are coming. And um, does that collect? Uh, does that collect all all the generations? Yeah, one, two, and three. Uh, one through one, four. Two, and three. There was no four. There wasn't a four. There wasn't a four, but there is okay. a like a Batman black and white story that somehow ties to it. I'm not sure how. Been trying to figure that out. So this will be interesting to see how this yeah. sells, and I'll, I'll keep you guys updated. So they, they did add a premium variant where retailers have to order 25 minimum 
copies. And by the way, these books are not cheap. They're four ninety nine for the regular cover, and then five ninety nine, which these will be a cardstock variant. Really nice um, cover stock. And then we've got kind of the the end God. of future state. What is Imperius Lex? Oh yeah, what is that? It's so a play on Imperius Rex. Yeah, I don't know how much you guys have been following. So DC just came out with last week their Infinite Frontier number zero issue. And basically in it, what happens is Wonder Woman is invited to join the, you know, lexicon of gods, basically. Um, so you can think of like the Spectre um, people that would be like in the source wall are inviting her to join them. And she she kind of turns them down because she wants to go tour, uh, you know the the universe and kind of check in on everybody. And uh, throughout that issue, it's uh, pointed out that you know uh, it used to be only fifty two known worlds, and now it's infinite or unlimited. Hmm. And that's where you get this um, new branding on their comics that say uh, infinite uh, frontier. Because now their stories can take place anytime, mm-hmm. anywhere, and they don't have to worry about continuity. So they're all Elswin books. <laughs> Except for their main titles. So like one of the ones that I got an advanced copy of, because it goes on sale next week, is Batman Urban Legends, which is an oversized book. I want to say it's like 80, 80 pages, maybe, something like that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's seven seven ninety nine. So you usually pay about a dime or 12 cents per page. Um, and it's not clear where this takes place, but it's got a story with uh, Red Hood in it, a Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy story, and uh, then you get a story with uh, Drifter, or Grifter, whatever his name is, guy from Wildstorm. That's Grifter. Grifter. Yeah. He's now working for Lucius Fox. Um, and, and the stories were really good. You know, so... I'm f- I'm all for if DC wants to publish these books as long as they continue to have that branding up at the top that says Infinite Frontier, basically like the old Elswins or whatever uh, whatever Elseworlds. goes. I mean, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. You know, that's fine as long as they they make sure to point out that hey, this this is just stories that we want to tell that don't necessarily right. con- you know have anything to do with continuity. That's fine. See, I thought Future State was like uh, did DC do a DC one million where it was like in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be something like that. Well, that was Grant Morrison, and Grant Morrison, I think, gets to do whatever the heck he wants. Well, yeah, it's because it's <laughs> Grant Morrison. <laughs> Grant Morrison. He's <laughs> not going to turn him down. Uh-uh. Oh, so that there's a little sneak peek into, you know, what retailers have to go through every week, you know, from their pre-orders to what do they need to stack for the shelf or for the online store where people didn't know about things, and now they... They want to pick up a copy um, every week. You go through this, like, hmm, do I? How many of these do I order above and beyond? You know what I already have orders for, and can you say you have like three weeks between you get this and when you have to put your order in? You have three weeks to kind of make your decision, or you have less. You've got the initial uh, order, which is two months ahead of time, mm-hmm. and then you have the three week, the FOC or the final order cutoff. So, like, if we look at these books. So if you'd ordered something and then, you know, a couple months later you'd heard, oh, this is going to be hot. You had, you may have some time to go in and add additional books. Okay. Yes. I get you. Yep. And so that's usually what happens is I put in my initial order and then if something pops up, something leaks about XYZ, 
and suddenly I'm inundated with emails, right, or questions about books, that tells me that, okay, I probably need to order some more of these because now all of a sudden people seem to be very interested in it. So yeah, so this one, FOC is 3.7, in-store is 4.6. Um, trades are always further out, so you can see like the Golden Age Omnibus, they have a longer print print time. So the FOC is 3.7, right. but it doesn't come out until 6.1. That Fortnite one, same thing. This but is this, this is welcome to the seedy side of comic book industry. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Peeling back the curtain. Yes. So let me see here. Let's see if Brian and I's are omnibus ships shipped yet. Let's see. Yep. Finally. There we go. And if Has I go and look this up. Has one been put together yet? Or is that, has that already been out? Not that I've seen, but we can look it up real quick. So that generations expect to show up in your shop then? Uh, should be here next week, so I should get it. Mm. Usually Monday or Tuesday. There's the cover for it. I knew that'd make him swoon. <laughs> and then here's collect Superman, Batman generations, Imaginary Tale one through four, Superman, Batman generations two, one through four, Superman, Batman generations three, one through twelve. I was 12. curious if they were going to print it. I, I'm sure they were going to print it in normal order. Uh, someone had said something about them printing it in chronological order, which you know, I mean, that that would be hard. That would be hard to do because you. Why did? It's been so long since I've read these. So are you saying like Generations Two comes before well, Generations I, I, or the something? Way it is is like Generations. Each issue was ten years after the issue before Generations mm-hmm. Two. The issues were eleven years. And so you could actually space issue one, issue two of Generations One, uh, issues mm-hmm. one and issues one of both. I would, and yeah. And the uh, Generations Three starts off like a hundred years before and goes thousands of years later. So it'd be interspersed <laughs> in, you know, before and after. You yeah. Make, I would do yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just. I mean, if you wanted to read the story chronologically, it still works. People, you know, a lot of people have done that. They've read it chronologically, and it still works. But yeah, 720 pages. Sure, like the Godfather Chronicles. 720 pages, Brian. Well, well, Brian, I, I will say that, you know, maybe later in the year after the sound of us comes out, I know you keep, you've been wanting to do Generations. We can make that like a month-long event if you cover one, two, and three as separate shows and kind of quickly go through well, you know, I mean, the one issues. And two, of course, are four issues, and they're they're prestige format issue so they're they're mm-hmm. pretty large and then mm-hmm. generations three is 12 22 page books right so you have to go through that yeah. pretty quick but so i mean you, you could you know how you want to drag it up you know that that's just something you know i think that you know because i know you've been and i don't know if this um gardner is he is he had mentioned any interest in that at all if who oh scott gardner or is it yeah, Gar- Gar- yeah Gardner. Some generations. So, but I mean, he- maybe bring him on as, instead of doing it back to the bins. Maybe we just bring him on, like we did, so he could be you know, with the rest of the guys, and Scott will just uh, sit in. I don't know. That, that's that's something. something that's something to think about. about. I mean, we're we're doing a nice yeah. crossover right now with that Axe of Vengeance. Uh, and I know it, that, it's, it's it's all over the place. <laughs> when does that start showing it's up? It's starting to show up. The the first issues uh, are out. Avengers Spotlight and others should be showing up today. Um, and we release ours Sunday, yeah. uh, 53. Let's see. I'm uh, going to stop sharing my screen. i, I got to figure out. I think we're having some trouble posting the episode. 
Otherwise, because um, Paul t- typically has them out Saturday mornings. That's what I thought. Right. I saw the yeah. announcement, but I haven't been able to find the show. And he's pretty he's pretty uh, um, disciplined about getting them out. He yeah, makes sure they're out Chris every Honeywell day. Chris works on Saturdays all day. So if you can't, if you don't get right. them, to, you know, if you, if you don't catch them first thing in the morning, then it's probably going to be late in the evening or the next day before he posts it. Right. It's 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 hard, you know. And and I, and I feel for Chris because if he's the kind of the gatekeeper for having to catch everybody's episode that doesn't post and he has to go in and, and fix the links that, uh, you know, I feel for him having to, uh, having to kind of man, um, manage all that. I'm going to change subject here. Does anybody, can anybody see what I've got holding up? It's yes, a Godzilla. Yeah. Is it? Has anybody seen nice. this cartoon? Oh, it's a cartoon. This is I, the cartoon. Know, I, I saw it. Was that the one that Netflix. was on Netflix? Uh, but no, 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 that's not that one. This is the one that came out yeah, right yeah. after the the ninety nine Sony movie came out. I know you're talking about also those movies that they yeah. have, uh, that are really boring. Yeah, it's not the, it's not those. Yeah. <laughs> now this is the the forty. This is I picked this up recently. It's forty uh, all forty action packed episodes. I've never seen any of them, but it was super cheap, hmm. so I thought wow. I'd pick it up and because uh, I've heard good things that as bad as the movie is the the. Cartoon's you know, supposed to be pretty good. I'll say about that movie so. though is that while the movie, the, the last half of the movie was just a, a dumpster fire, the first half of it, the build up and lead in, and God's, you know, Gino's first appearance there in New York was really deftly done and done very well, and that's what most people were looking forward to when they got to the the movie is to see that. And, yeah, I agree with you that the lead up to it and his first reveal in New York is is not bad. And his design is not bad if you want to call him something other yeah, than Godzilla. That's why I go with Gino, which um, is Godzilla what, in name only. Well, what, what, do they, what do they call him, though, in canon? Zilla. Is he like Zilla. American Godzilla? He's called Zilla. Zilla. Yeah. And well, that's, final... a, that's a good segue. So we've got uh, huge anticipation for Godzilla versus Kong. Because mm-hmm. what you say, Tim? That's coming at the end of the month? Uh, bring Bryce at thirty first. Thirty, yeah. So it's about a month from now, yeah. About three so weeks. if you have HBO Max, you'll be able to watch it That's for me, free. Right here. That's why I'm only. It's only why I'm keeping HBO Max. After I, <laughs> after I watch that, I think I may be jettisoning it. But uh. hey, <laughs> you keep that. How does that Tomb of? Uh, I'm sorry. How does that uh, Disney Plus um, streaming service work? If we've got all of Wand of. Uh, you, Vision you can buy a one month now. subscription for what seven dollars, and you can watch all of it. it just binge all of it in your month, and then cancel it. Yeah, it just went up to seven ninety five. Went up a dollar, but uh, ah. but that that was what I was. We were talking about doing our commentary for X Men: Days of Future Past because you can do a watching party through Disney Plus. You can kind of set it up so everybody invite everybody, and everybody kind of starts at the yeah. same time. Uh, right, and I think everybody's got it except you, Kirk. So then I got to sit in my office chair and watch Days of Future Past. Well, we're yeah. going to comment on Ugh. it as in commentary. Yeah, <laughs> and that could be a co- that could be a, uh, almost a cocktails and comments because you could maybe have an adult beverage while you're watching the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. one. I well, think okay. it would make it kind of a little loopy by the end of that one for the popcorn because you know yeah. I, I, I don't really watch movies. <laughs> Well, we've got lots of stuff coming because we've got but, Godzilla versus King Kong this month. Mm-hmm. We've got Mortal Kombat, the new Mortal Kombat movie this month. We've got the Justice League Schneider Cut coming in uh, 12 days. Uh, and I know we've touched on it before, I think a couple times, but you know, I- I'm very curious to see how this movie is because of the tragedy that he experienced in his family 
and that's kind of a tie-in to why John is not here. So John had a loss within his family. Um, so our hearts go out to him um, and what he's dealing with right now. I I am very curious to see is this going to be the redemption, right? No. Because it's been so no. talked this about is... for years about how Whedon ruined it, and seen, let me it was going to be great. Everybody here's seen Blade Runner, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Did any Many of you times. get that big five disc set, Blu-ray set uh, no. for Blade Runner? That they, they, they no. put it out a I've couple got the years ago. Cut. And it's got the director's cut. It's got the the theatrical cut, and then it's got a couple other cuts in there. And then it's also got a half an hour of deleted scenes that that weren't in the movie. You can actually watch it all in progression, and you can actually get a whole different story from it. And, you know, it's like I sit there and I watch that, and then the other movie that I did this with was um, Brazil, which there are multiple versions Mm -hmm. of Brazil out there, including the happy ending one that is so messed up that (laughs) I I don't know what what, what the producers were thinking. But... I think that movie must be before my yeah, time because I don't know what you're talking about. And it, it's funny because it, it's, it's Terry Gilliam. Gilliam. Terry Gilliam. Uh, and, and it's it's an incredibly, I mean, it's Secret Life of Walter Mitty meets 1984, uh, just <laughs> it meets Monty Python. It meets yeah. Blade Runner. meets yeah, Spinal Tap. I mean, well, I, I think it's famous for the, the, the studio coming and kind of yeah, meddling. They, they with cut it, it so, that... so immensely and, and gave it a happy ending when this movie just isn't a happy ending movie and if you watch both versions of it you're just like what the hell were they thinking when you watch that one but if you can sit down and watch all the versions you know like together and you get this weird it just gives you a weird feeling and i think that's what's going to happen with the snyder cut it's just going to be like watching you know the director's cut and the other cuts all together where you're seeing deleted scenes and alternative scenes and whatnot because Joss Whedon had to shoot X number of scenes. Oh, he didn't actually have to. That's right, because it actually still shows directed by Zack Snyder in the, the in the in the theatrical cut that we saw. Right, but I think to get his name on it, he had to shoot. Yeah, uh, about a seventy percent has to be his right. footage for him right. to have so, his name. So on he it. doesn't have to use alternative scenes then. Well, you know, you know. I mean, I don't know that we're going to get a whole gonna, lot of new we, stuff in this. I, I think that he's going to add stuff. He's going to pad it, but I don't think it's going to change the story a whole it's lot. It's going to have to be. It's going to have at least two hours. I don't think what? it'll change the story. I, I think what's going to happen is the the folks that don't like Justice League now are not going to be converted. They're not going to look at this and go, "Wow, this is right. a great film." And the the, the people like Trentus Magnus who love it. Uh, are gonna just go? Oh, this is great! This is even better. So it's. It, I don't think it's gonna change anybody's mind. It's the people that hate it are gonna go. It's still bad. The people that love it are gonna say it's. It's even better. Yeah, it's more of what have, I already liked. Right. So we're gonna have the same. I'm, I'm watching well, it more cl- out of curiosity cl- than else. Clearly, Whedon threw a lot of it on the floor because, uh, you know, according to uh, Schneider's own posts, he didn't really shoot that much extra for the. 60 70 million or whatever Warner Brothers gave him to to do his version the way that he wanted it. They're not but he's basically just put the got back. The the, the, word, not, the word is the studio's not happy. The studio's kind of like, "Wait, what 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 happened to all that extra stuff you were shooting?" They were like, "Well, yeah, is so the extra They've seen it. Is it I mean, they've he's just and they're just like they weren't impressed. Well, they were, well clear clearly that you know, whether he shot that much more or not 
We know that he clearly was not happy with the special effects that were mm -hmm. done after he left the movie because he's completely changed um, Stephen Wolf. But is that based on what Whedon? Did Whedon direct that? Did, did Whedon have anything to do with the way, say, Stephen was rendered? Stephen Wolf was like rendered. He must, he must have. He must have because if if that was Schneider's baby, he wouldn't change it. Yeah, you know, I agree. Unless, unless he's kind of doing a revisionist history to go, oh well, everybody hated this, so I'm going to change it to make it did look you better. Ever see that? But I there's mean, Dark Side, Batman v Superman, where they showed Stephen Wolf. It, it looked like I it was. A, I mean, you can find it on YouTube, and it looks like it's more of a like a CG storyboard for what they wanted to do mm. rather than what they oh. ultimately did. But there is one out there, and he does look a lot different than what you see on the screen uh, in, in in the the Joss Whedon version. Well, they did. Are you so, talking okay. about the painting in Lex Luthor's, I don't know, house, mansion, whatever that that supposedly shows. Something that you don't recognize in the background? Is that you're saying ding-a-ling-a-ling, the dinner bell is rung, ding-a-ling? Yeah, he's, I'm, he's I'm serious. About, no, he's, he's, I he's, say he's, that to my wife, but she doesn't come. <laughs> <laughs> so, so are we saying that that if Schneider, if, if Schneider had had his his if things had progressed without things occurring in his life, yeah. he would have had uh, Dark Side in the film. Is that right, or is that something that's added I think later? He's added it now because he could, and because this is his last shot. But I don't think he had Darkseid in there as in a, a, that he originally intended to have him in there any more than say a few scenes that just talked about him. Well, but he, but he did yeah. because he originally had this as a two-part movie, and then there was discussion that it was going to be a three-part movie. Mm -hmm. And wow. then it got all crammed into one. And I think that's how you go from a two-and-a-half-hour movie to an almost four-hour four hour movie, movie with minimal, you know, any additional footage being shot. Because hmm. I, I think for, from off the get-go, he had envisioned, you know, kind of like how Infinity War turned out. Yeah. You know, it was a two, half. Yep. Kind of the setup and then the payoff. But I you know, movie. you're supposed to be more I mean, of Deathstroke in there than just the, the end, well, end tag scene. Yeah, that's what that's what that movie was missing, Deathstroke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you get more well, Leto Joker, which I know everybody loved. Oh yeah, that's that's the reason ah, I'm watching it. Ah, uh, ah, well, let me ask you, ah, let me ask you this: ah, where does uh, ah, <laughs> ah, ah, where does where does Snyder where does Snyder go from here? I mean, to see, I don't think he returned to DC. I think this is his kind of swan song. To see. I mean, he's done three DC films, so where does he go back to? Well, uh, his 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 vision. He's visions got and... what, the Army of the Dead, which just finished yeah. sh shooting, and which just actually is completed and should be you know going to the theaters or whatever. And then he's got the Fountainhead that was announced. The Fountainhead. Seriously, yeah. he's, he's doing, doing the Fountainhead. Head, which uh, <laughs> that Aaron Isn't that an Aaron yeah, Rand? Young architect battling his own artistic integrity. Yeah, it's a remake. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna line him up around the block. Um, <laughs> well, if Dick, if Ditko plugs it, if it gets pitched to the right people, yeah, well, you better. Yeah, Ditko, if Ditko plugs it. That's that's news because he's dead. Um, yeah, I know, but uh, there, he was an, an Anne Randian. Dick he back, was, yeah. Ditko yeah. back to dead. Plug Zack Snyder movie. <laughs> well, well, you know they can create anybody through CG right now. You'd be film at and nobody's ever seen him because he was a recluse. So they could have just about anybody in the role. 
That's Did you true. just make a Kentucky Fried movie reference, Film at 11? <laughs> so I'm looking at... You guys didn't even laugh when I sent that clip of the Christian <laughs> Christian high school girls in trouble. <laughs> oh my gosh, as a young teenager, that was the best scene in the movie. So, so Brian, is Army of the Dead, is that kind of tie into his Dawn of the Dead remake? Uh, it, is it kind of the Romero no, universe? It doesn't say that it that it does or does not. Um, it, let's see. This uh, this film will mark Snyder's second collaboration. With, oh, that's just with the com, the composer Junkie XL. But um, is this a continuation of the Romero films? Let's see what that says. And no, this is more or less a sequel. Yeah, it's a sequel to the 2004 Dawn of the Dead. However, okay, so it's in that. It's kind of in that universe. Yeah. Okay. So so it's a sequel to that. Uh, Nothing like following up on a movie 17 years and later. as far as who's in it that we know, Dave <laughs> Bautista nice. is in it. Garrett oh, Dillahunt, which he's been on Fear of the Walking Dead. He's actually one of the, the only characters on there I actually liked. Uh, you might remember him as Cromarty from the Sarah uh, Connor Chronicles. <laughs> you might remember yeah. me from... Hi, I'm Troy <laughs> McClure. <laughs> that's, that's Tim Nataro's in it. Okay, she's right. cool. Oh, there you She's go. She's probably playing it. She's probably pull playing a, a fake zombie. See, I liked her in Star yeah. Trek Discovery, and I, I didn't find out until the end of this last season. You know, I was I was, I was laughing at something she said, and my wife's like, I don't like her in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? I, I, I will bet you money that she plays the exact same type yeah. of character in... Uh, yeah, I don't think her acting you know, range it, is very broad. It's right, funny well, because, you know, the there was a... What, I'm trying to remember which one it was. It was one of the dead movies. It was actually a Romero film. Um, and it was... Diary of the Dead? It was the one where uh, you had Tiny Lister and it actually figured, as a zombie, figuring out how to use a machine gun. Land, Land of the, of the dead. dead. And the guy that plays Mr. Heckles on Friends, I think, was also a guy there whose face was messed up. And so he looked like a zombie, but he wasn't. And I'm thinking that's what they're going to use her for because she kind of looks like heckles. <laughs> she no, she will not be a zombie. She's going to be a wise. She will be the exact yeah, same character. She's going to be a wisecracking uh, kind of whatever she is, scientist or, or yeah, scientist or engineer yeah. or or some kind of. Kirk, well, Kirk, say, stop talking so much. <laughs> Sorry, no, it's I'm watching. Brought up, I'm watching mystery science theater over his shoulder. <laughs> okay, but. Hey. Focus, Kirk. Focus. Do you think, oh, though, sorry. That, that a, a zombie movie can can garner the kind of audience that it used to in today's world? I mean, we've had Walking Dead multiple. We got three Walking can. Dead shows on on TV right now, and yeah, but those are TV yeah. shows. The video games do amazing. Um, you know, if it's if it's, I think if it's not tongue in cheek, like uh, what was it, Zombie Land? Yes. Yeah, I think that tends to turn people off. You know, if you're going to do zombies, they've got to be scary. They got to be overwhelming numbers, and you've got to have likable characters. I mean, the zombie formula, you know, the zombie movie formula is not that complicated, but it, but it's hard to pull off right. Well, I think you hit it. You've got to have characters that you because the zombies are not. They're just they're like a hurricane or a tornado. They're just out there and they're they don't stop. So if you have to have the human characters that you care about. And I think that's what The Walking Dead had until it kind of wore out. And, and, and I'll go on record saying that I liked World War Z. Was that yeah. the one with Brad Pitt? 
Yeah, I was just I like that. how that was. Zombies so much. I mean, those in 28 Days well, they, Later. They, they were. They were a different kind yeah. of zombie. But they were terrifying, you know, making those zombie <laughs> body walls to get over, mm-hmm. you know, I obstacles. They were that was terrifying. To, they were closer to 28 Days Later yeah. where they weren't beating you. They were just rage. They were just rage machines that were going to kill you. So um, I, well, I think a zombie. Think of I Legend. Uh, I didn't like it because I love the book, and I didn't pick you like and they changed I, I the book the, up too much. I like so. the, uh, Charleston Heston well, version Omega better. Omega Man is, yeah. is a classic. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah I, I will. I'll say I like it and better. I love Last Man on Earth. I even like the Vincent, Vincent Price, Price yeah. better. Um, this yeah. one, oh. yeah, go back, go back and watch Omega Man on Blu-ray, and you'll see how I bad. Own it. I, <laughs> yeah. I own makeup it, and special. Yeah. I, I have it too. I have it too. But you got it. You got something against Anthony Zerby? Come on. Yeah, hey, I man. saw it in the original Phantom theater. Phantom of the Park, man. Uh, Phantom but... of the Park was awesome. That, that's Kiss meets <laughs> Phantom of the Park, if you're wondering. I, I remember watching that on TV. Oh, man. Well, I think a zombie film won't... You're not going to do, like, Marvel-style numbers if you do a zombie film. But I think if it's no. low budget, it can make... This uh, is... It can be, like, if it's a cheap... Cheap one, it can make this some money. Zack Snyder working with a major Hollywood cast. I say major when Dave Bautista is the biggest name in there. <laughs> and uh, let's see if I can find out what the budget is on this right here. The budget seven six dollars. Okay, so they've they've downgraded that's, the budget. It's not that's not pretty good. They they gave him as much as they gave him to redo uh, Justice <laughs> League. You know, it, as I understand it, you know Sam Raimi and Bill, Bruce Campbell are doing another Evil Dead movie, uh, and I, that's what that's something I'm waiting for. I'll go see that. I, I enjoyed the I, Army of Darkness. That, and, sh- that show on uh, Showtime was actually was pretty good. I think it was Showtime. Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I saw Bruce I Campbell. Heard that, and my son watched that, that and then all of a sudden they had that one scene in the morgue. And, you know, I, he'll never talk to me again. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't slept no. in three years or slept uh, in three I, I heard that Campbell's going to have a cameo in the new uh, Doctor Strange that that um, Multiverse yeah. Madness uh, Raimi's is going to be in the Spider-Man yeah. movie, too, since he was in all the Raimi Spider-Man movies. Right, right. So... It should be pretty well. I, I, think, uh, I think Zack Snyder's zombie film will be just like his... Um, Don, which I think is a actually pretty good Dead. film. Yeah, I, I actually Dead, yeah. That, that's actually got multiple rewatchability, especially just to see Ty Burrell get killed multiple times. Well, <laughs> it's got some decent character development. It's not. Uh, I don't really like Three Hundred because I think Three Hundred is like Three Hundred style I, of I, substance. I like Three Hundred for, for different reasons. Number one, I mean the the Frank Miller aspect of it, the fact that it is a reversal yeah, like production of that comic book, like he did with Watchmen. Right. But the other thing is, is that all the way back to when I was a little boy, my dad told me the story of the, the 300. And I, I remembered that from being a little kid. And then I never saw the other 300 Spartan movies. This is the first time I ever saw it. And this is a story that my dad told me. And I was just blown away. Without my, Of course, my dad's version of it had no magical elements to it. Your dad should have got Rookie Rice from uh, Frank Miller. <laughs> Did it have a bunch of really muscle-bound, oily-up men? Or oiled-up <laughs> no, men in no, it? he didn't tell me about that. No, mm. no oily Jared Butler? <laughs> well, well, I think if... But, but, okay, let me ask you this, guys. Do you think... Do you, do you feel that Zack Snyder is a good director? Okay, the, the pause tells you everything Oof. you need. Okay, now, number one, number one. <laughs> Zack Snyder, I believe... Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
did he write Batman v Superman? Chris I don't Terrio think he wrote it, did he? Okay. Did he write Justice League Dawn of Justice? Again. I don't think so. Okay. So he was just hired he was just hired to direct the script that was approved by the studio. No. He was the he was well, I'm sure he had he some input in it. The DC showrunner for the, the, the cinematic universe. From Man of Steel, yep. from Man of Steel to Batman v Superman to Justice League, he was the guy that was that was calling the shots on what was going to happen. He's the one that came up with the plots. The other guys just wrote it. Now Chris Terrio came in when when Ben Affleck got involved and tried to punch up the scripts, but there's not a whole lot you can do there. Zack Snyder doing working with somebody else's material can reproduce what they want. That's what he did with Watchmen. That's what he did with the 300. That's what he did with Dawn of the Dead. But when he's doing something his own, uh, Sucker Punch is a good example. A good example. Sucker Punch. You're going to get beautiful visuals, but a story that doesn't make any sense because you don't have right. character development. Zack Snyder is... I think he has got Asperger's in a major way. He does not see reality the way the rest of us do. And if you ever look at him... Brian's personal opinions are not endorsed by Cocktails exactly. and Comics. You don't have to. You don't <laughs> have to. Or <laughs> third yeah. burn. Don't have to. Again, it's just my opinion. I could be wrong. And this is you know, one of those areas where yeah, definitely it could be wrong. But he's just... Okay, so, so, so are you saying if this was a job performance evaluation that he's good at execution... But not coming up with the plan. That that would he has no follow through. It <laughs> doesn't play well with others. <laughs> well, who else do we know that's that is that way? I mean, the 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 title of our podcast pretty much is all about him. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, I, I think I think Zack Snyder is good at setting up like scenes. Mm-hmm. He can do individual scenes, but as for Stringing together a cohesive story, he's not that good. Although I think he did write Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, I'll have to. Did he? I'll take a look. I don't know, but that's that's actually a pretty good character study, and it's a pretty good through line. It's a pretty good story. It is a remake, so he's yeah, he's he's he is working on the shoulders of somebody else. Um, George Romero. Mm -hmm. George Romero, and I. Yeah, it's it's a remake of a '70s movie, the whole shopping mall thing. I remember that as a kid, seeing that. I never saw the movie. 1978. Uh, he did. Oh, not you should write. say it. it was, uh, okay. Uh, so, what credits does he have for writing? Since you got the Google okay, machine up. Uh, Tales of the Black Freighter video short. That shouldn't be him. Oh uh, yeah. That's still Alan Moore there. Um, as as far as the original story, story uh, Wonder Woman story by. Okay, so he wrote this hmm. story that they generated the script from. The first one. Uh, oh. suck, sucker punch. Watch it. If somebody's coming oh, up behind you. Oh yeah! Look out! Hey, come introduce uh, yourself. He's got a knife. Look out! Why, why, for sucker why are you slinking? Why are you slinking away? Why is your son slinking away? What did you want? What do you want? Come he on, come in. What do you want, Run boy? Here, come on! He's been on the podcast now before. He's coming back. Daddy's been drinking. <laughs> no, he come wrote back the screenplay for Sucker Punch. He'll never forgive you. And he wrote the screenplay for the sequel Thanks. to Three Hundred: Rise of an Empire. I've never seen that one. Oh, that's that. That's a that's a talk about trailer. He wrote this. Although it does have it does have Eva Green in it, I'm tired of her. I'm done with her. <laughs> I don't want to see her in a movie again. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so hold on, hold on, hold on. What? 
Let me write her an email right now. Dear Eva Green, <laughs> Brian has had enough of you. <laughs> Cash now, as far away. as Army of the Dead goes, he wrote the screenplay, he wrote the, the story and screenplay for that. So that's that's going to be all him. But uh, let's well, see. Well, let's, let's be honest. A director doesn't necessarily have to be a good writer. I mean, Spielberg has not really written. I mean, I think uh, tale, uh, Encounter of the Third... Okay, is the third kind where it was his story. The, the, the Dawn of the Dead was actually written by James Gunn. Really? Yeah. <gasps> Basically, he adapted uh, George Romero's 78 screenplay, made a new screenplay. That, that explains a lot of the humor. Of the humor that, yeah. Isn't James Gunn doing the new Suicide, Suicide Squad reboot? And with then Guardians mm-hmm. of Galaxy 3. And Guardians, yeah. Are That's going to be interesting. Over? What? <laughs> they might as well. Um, let's just make all the monies. Yeah. Just put Guardians of the Galaxy together with Suicide Squad. Speaking uh, of, of Guardians, uh, I want to because you had mentioned Star Trek earlier, David. Has anybody seen the uh, the clips for the new Nickelodeon Star Trek show? I don't know what it's called. It's, a, it's basically a character. It shows all the characters that are going to be in the the. Yeah, film. that's the one with uh, Kate Milgrew. Yeah. Is going to yeah. be animated in that Jimmy. one. But there are no the, the characters they show. Yeah, they're they're no all humans, aliens, no, and they don't look like they're in Starfleet. So I don't really know. No, they steal. They steal a Starfleet ship. Oh, and is somehow, that it? Yeah, somehow Kate Milgrew ends up or her voice. I don't know if she's gonna. Well, I think she's voicing her, her character. Yeah, I think so. Um, she ends up taking them under her wing or some some convoluted oh, BS look, like that. Somebody somebody pointed out that. Uh, basically, what I'm looking at is Guardians of the Galaxy because the characters don't look anything like uh, Star Trek characters. I was watching. Um, anybody knows who Robert Burnett is? Who? Robert Burnett. He does. <laughs> he's a, he's, a he's guy on a Survivor, isn't he? <laughs> no, no, no. That's Mar. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, he's a he, Carol he's Burnett. A, he, he's, a, he's a writer yeah. and he does a podcast called uh, Rob Observations, and he's also on a podcast. With uh, Mark uh, Altman, who wrote uh, Free Enterprise, the oh, Shatner my. film. Yeah, he wrote that, and he did, they do a podcast on Star Trek called uh, uh, Trexperts. So he's on <laughs> that's that. Good. That's actually pretty good. So he's he he's pretty knowledgeable about Star Trek, and he's pretty vocal about not you know liking how many Star, Star Trek podcasts Trek. there are. It's actually pretty staggering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's insane. Do you know how many Third Degree Burn? Any uh, John Byrne podcasts are no, very little. Are, I don't think are, there's we are any. The only dedicated John Byrne podcast out there. You've cornered the yeah. market. People That's listen right. to our show and they're like, "Yeah, we, we can't compete with." We got a new, new listener tonight. Uh, I ran into it at the, at the bookstore. So what? How did they even identify you? We're like, uh, we're like See, all the guys trying to bite the orange juice and trade his places. shirt. His shirt. It says. Third degree no, burn on it. My son and I were at the bookstore. My son was looking for manga. I was over at the comic selection and I was looking at the um, the wall where I would hope the Omnibuy would be, and they didn't have any. But yeah. they had a lot of gold and silver age Batman stuff. And this guy's asking me questions, and I, I say, "So you like the older comics?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, that's my that's 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 what did he say? That's my jam." And uh, yeah. I said, "You like John Byrne?" And he goes, "Oh, I love John Byrne. I love his work. This is a guy that's probably twenty years old." Very young, and then, so I started talking about the fact that we do a podcast and pointed him towards the Two True Freaks Network. And he goes, "I got to listen to this." So, hmm. fist bump on his way. There you go. Cool. Random, random well, half price books encounter. Is, we saw you. 
It's like the guy I ran into, and I don't know his name. I, I have to listen to it uh, in Boston. I you meet so many, on. right, Tim? You can't. Well, you can't. I met one, <laughs> and he goes, "Hey, I know." Well, he said something about it. I listened to that podcast, and I said, "Well, yeah, I, I'm on it." Oh, Renee, we sat in because we were waiting in line to yeah, little that, listen that to John Byrne talk. In Dallas too, we ran, we ran into a couple yeah, listeners yeah. there too. There are people yeah, out there I, aside from the ones that the guys on the network. Hi, Andrew. <laughs> well, I think I think in Boston was the first time I'd heard of Derek Crabb because I think he was at that Boston show because he was posting something. Uh, it's being added because he had mentioned something, and that's the first time I'd heard his name. And I think maybe he was at the because they had He's a Transformers, shirts, you know. Or jackets. He wears all those transport shirts. Yeah. Speaking of burn, I heard a rumor that he may have COVID. Have any I of you heard that? that? On his um, website this week, I think that I was the one that that, that made you aware of that. Uh, he just had mentioned someone had talked about, you know, you're John Byrne, you're this great writer. What more? What more do you have? And he goes, Oh, let's see, diabetes, high blood pressure. Oh, and COVID. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? You think no, he was joking? I don't think so. I don't think he was joking, but nobody else asked anything more on it, and he didn't respond to my, wait, what, COVID? He didn't say anything more on it, so I figure he's just, you know, trying to recover from it. He's not bitching about it, so that means he's probably not experiencing the um, the symptoms as bad. Hopefully, hopefully he's got, he had a mild case. Speaking of, well, since we're talking about John Byrne, I'm going to draw a segue to Chris, Chris Claremont. Has anybody read Claremont's... Um, novel the sequel to willow called shadow moon was not even aware of it there was a, a novel written there as are a sequel three to willow? there are three novels to the sequel there are three more novels that continue the story of willow <laughs> does, it really Byrne, require, does it really require does it really require and george like lucas oh my gosh what is the world coming to i just wonder if anybody's read it <laughs> So I'm listening to a podcast that's covering it, and, and oh basically telling me it's trash. A podcast covering a book that should never have been written in what the first place. What do you guys place? know about the Union yeah. Jack series, though? Is that an animated series, or <laughs> Union Jack as in Union the Invaders? Jack is a series of web-based films inspired by Marvel Comics and character Union Jack. Follows the mishaps, adventures of Joseph Chapman, MI5 agent by day, vampire hunter by night. <laughs> I think I that's he was Captain, one for that John. Different? Is that different from Captain Britain? Uh, the, 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 is it the same person? Captain Britain? If, I don't know. If, if, no, it's, it's different. The, the Dracula, not Dracula, but the Baron Blood Captain America story, Union Jack was the superhero yeah. that came out of that. That was a... That's oh, right. Yeah. That's a vampire right. headed that. And, I mean... That's funny, because yeah. I, I was watching Blade 2 last night. I think we should shelve this until John can come in, because he's probably the, the biggest invader in... Union Jack fan that uh, we have. It's true. Huh, apparently this is a website. Oh, okay, John. It's already out there. Way in. From Come on, John. 2019-2020. His ears yeah. are tingling right now. He's busy. Yeah. So let, we'll let him... Well, we're about, I think, about out of time. And I, I think know we're, yeah. We've, we've, you know, we've, we've, if anybody's lasted this long, this is just, they've got to be like, through yeah, this, this hard Yeah, they're getting, they're getting <laughs> juiced. Uh, I, I just want to go around the table, and I know... Uh, Kirk, I know you've seen it. Tim, you said you're catching up. And Brian, you've seen it. Without giving away any spoilers, we had the season finale of WandaVision. She's Oh, sorry. (laughs) I can't believe they killed her. Um, (laughs) And you was one of her children. Uh, But we had the the finale. We had a 50-minute episode, which was nice. Wow. 
considering you know what we have been getting, which is like a 40-minute episode, but then there's that six minutes of everybody and their brother has, who's worked on the show. That's um, because of worldwide release. So, because it, they do a worldwide release on these things, they have to give credits for every single language that is done. It's I, so insane. I have never seen a show with that long a credit. I mean, it, so finish even your question, like Iron David. Man three credits, <laughs> and movie in themselves. Well, I, I, yeah, um, I'll shut up. <laughs> okay, so just my question because I don't, I don't want to ruin it for Tim, and I don't want to ruin it for anybody that's going to be listening to this because I mean, literally, the finale aired yesterday, and I know everybody has busy lives, and not everybody is going to have seen it yet. But Kirk and Brian, I want to ask you. Kirk, we'll start with you first. Were you satisfied? I'm but sorry, I have not seen it. I uh, saw you Disney did. Plus. I do not have the streaming service. Oh, I, that's I, right. I keep hearing echoes of various developments on the internet, and so I have an idea of what's going on. But for for me to have any meaningful input, I'm going to have to ask questions that will will spoil it. So okay, pass. We'll save, we'll save that for next time. Yeah. Brian, were you yes. satisfied? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the The last part of the of the last episode, definitely for for those of you that uh, get emotional, bring some Kleenex. Uh, definitely, definitely, definitely. I agree. Tugs at the at the heartstrings. Um, yeah, I, I really really enjoyed it. I liked the what they did with uh, with her. I like what they did with uh, Jimmy Woo too. And, uh, and and other yes. characters that, that were that were outside of that uh, Monica Rambo uh, for one uh, so you know they did they did some really cool stuff in there and it, it wasn't exactly what I expected and there's there's one no. thing for me that was a, a big surprise to the whole series uh, but I'll, I'll tell you right now also um, I think that Catherine Hahn that's who plays uh, Agnes right yeah yeah, Agatha yeah. Harkness. she deserves an Emmy yeah, I, I think that her performance in that thing all through, when you sit there and look at the whole thing, she deserves an Emmy. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. She was a little over the top at the end, kind of borderline cheese. Uh, just my yeah, opinion. But it, was, it was a and, cheese, a nice room temperature brie that went great well, with that. How line. do you how do you perf- uh, how do you portray a witch that is not a caricature? Not and I haven't seen any of it. How do you portray a witch that isn't uh, playing to the stereotype or over the top or a caricature and make it believable? I don't know. I haven't seen it, but she I hear that scary. she's great. She, have no, you not seen she she was any, in all the non-witch Have you not parts. seen any of the Harry Potter films? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. But in that instance, you're playing to a stereotype, and I don't know based upon the. the Clips that I've seen from the first two episodes, I don't, I don't know that she fits that mold. But I'm speaking from ignorance. Well, I mean, there's several yeah, ways and, you and, could and go. I, you could go Kathy Najimy from Hocus Pocus, or Sarah Jessica Parker for that matter, <laughs> or you could go, uh, you know, Samantha Stevens. What, what about Beth Midler? Well, I didn't want to go there. Samantha Stevens from uh, Bewitched, or you could go Dee Dee Khan from Facts of Life. Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> What, what, about which, yeah. what about Witches of Eastwick? The Cher Michelle and Pfeiffer, was Michelle yeah, Pfeiffer? Yeah, you could go there. And Jack Where Nicholson. were their witches and facts of life? No, I was just saying Didi Khan. Or Wendy Khan. <laughs> so my biggest gripe, and I'll, I'll just leave it at this, is that I never felt like Wanda was in true jeopardy because she, she couldn't 
make Agatha Harkness scary and intimidating, where you were truly worried for what was going to happen? Well, I th- to, to my because I think I'm at episode six. I'm halfway through episode six, so I'm sure there's more reveal yeah, I haven't yes. seen. Yeah. But, uh, it oh. ran, it ramps up very quick. Well, you know, yeah. there's a, you got past those first two, which I will say for those that are longtime listeners, my wife poo pooed the show. And I brought her back into the fold, and we did watch episodes three and four, and she told me if she didn't like it after that, and I had made this deal with her, if she didn't like it after three and four, then we wouldn't watch it anymore, or at least I wouldn't make her watch it. <laughs> and and she got hooked. So if any of you are having that trouble with your spouses, whether it's the husband or the wife, those first two episodes of WandaVision are, are not so representative no of the show at all. As soon as you get past those first two, things really start to unfold quickly, and things yeah. get a lot more interesting. And, and I, I will give them all the kind of all the kudos in the world for for having the guts to do something like this. That's completely you really have a chance of alienating your audience. Yeah. Of those first two episodes, episodes are thinking, I, I'm not going to watch this. Love what is this? Well, that's why they released them both and, and at I first, love the right? Handling they both the in the last several episodes, especially the last episode. Because, you know, the, yes. the thing is, a lot of us are, are expecting a burn turn in the storyline because of everything that they've done there with the twins, with the vision. You're expecting yep. a burn turn, and, and what you get is just amazing. And, and I'll leave it at that so yep. we can talk about it uh, openly. And I wanted to make I... sure I didn't misspeak. Because uh, my wife was asking me what the kids' names were, and I said, I believe in the comics it's Speed and Wicked. <laughs> no. Right? Yes. Really? No. The, yeah. The, the, yes. Yeah, those are those are their code, code names oh, yeah, for their yeah. their young Avengers oh, characters. But, yes. Yeah. But it's Tommy and yeah. Sometimes Tommy and Bobby. Bobby. But, but she Bobby? but she was asking me what their superhero character names were, and I said I think it's Speed and Wiccan. Yeah. Because they were in the comics. Yes. As young adults, as teens. Yes. Um, right. I, I haven't read. Oh, you've never read the Young no, Children's Crusader, the Young we Avengers. Saw what happened no. to the children in the oh. comics with Master Pandemonium? They they were they're gone. They 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 didn't exist anymore. Yeah. So we didn't know any of that. According to Byrne. According to Byrne, yeah. yeah. Well, that's you know again. That, right. If you stop yeah. there, but then somebody launched a series called Young Avengers that. Have you not read that? Uh, I've not read it. Are you Avengers. serious? None of you guys no. have read that? I have. Who said that? David. Me. David. Okay. David David has to because it's his job. <laughs> well, well, let's summarize Jeez. it in 60 it's seconds not my or less. Basically, you have a team of kids that are trying to fill the shoes of the missing Avengers. I don't remember why they were missing. But they come together, and basically, if you squint... Each one of them is represented is representative of or derived from one of the classic Avengers. So you've got somebody who's imitating uh, Iron Man, who's called Iron Lad. You have a speedster. You have Wiccan, who is uh, some sort of a spellcaster. Uh, you have uh, a young lady who's growing, um, who's called Stature. And yeah, you have somebody who's imitating the Hulk. Um, Hulkling. Anyways, th- there's a thinly veiled connection to each one of the other traditional Avengers. And as the story unfolds and evolves, you come to realize that Tommy, I think that's Wiccan, Billy. and Billy, Billy, is that it? 
Um, they are, in fact, they appear to be the children of Wanda and Vision uh, manifest. And so mm. you just kind of accept that. And then eventually that series evolves into a nine-part children's crusade where they say, let's go get mom. Doom's got her. He can't keep her. We're going to go rescue her. Mm-hmm. Isn't, isn't statue or stature or statue uh, Ant-Man's yes. daughter? Yes. So that's, that's a quick summary for you. Hmm. I, I was a, I was familiar. I mean, I knew of it. I knew of the characters. Hulkling's in there, right? Isn't he a young, yeah. a young Hulkling? Yes. Um, <laughs> just but, and there's, there's all I, very I, logical. Why are you science, Ryan? I, you know, there's all very logical explanations of how these characters come around and why they have the connection that they have to to somebody else. Yeah. And it also Com- kind of reinforces Ryan didn't stop that being printed in 1995. Okay. It, it reinforces <laughs> the concept. That although Burns says that uh, that Kang is a descendant of Nathan Richards, I think that's that's. I thought that was a Mortis. Camp. Mortis is a descendant of of Burns. Mortis, Mortis and Kang, Mortis and Kang are all the same. Yeah. Same person. Right, but that the the family lineage is not a descendant of Doctor Doom becomes Kang, but in fact it's it's a descendant of Nathan Richards becomes Kang. This series gives more credibility to the theory that Kang evolves from Iron Man and the time traveler that becomes Ramatut more likely he's a descendant of Tony Stark which makes a hell of a lot more sense in my book but I'll get off my soapbox now that's a picture of the young Avengers yeah, I just dropped and, and into the chat that, like Hawkeye's daughter is going to be the new Hawkeye and that Ant-Man's daughter is going to you know take over for him because, you know, while Paul Rudd doesn't look like he's getting older, he is about the same age as me, which is like 55. Wow. That what? old? <laughs> <laughs> he's ancient. Yes, he's an old fogey. We're going to have to put him out to Just pasture. Just remember, you're 10 years older than that. <laughs> yeah, as of yesterday. Thank you very much. I was waiting for somebody <laughs> to bring that up. I got my COVID shot. Yay! All oh, right. Paul, Paul Rudd can't be... A little sore, but it's that old. Let me see because here. because um, he's not as old as uh, what's his nuts Iron Man. Mm. What's his nuts? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. How much I saw that been drinking? <laughs> I saw that Simonson and Wheezy got their COVID shots the other day. Mm-hmm. That's good. He was born in yeah. what's, what's his name? Moving a lot faster right, now, guys. Uh, so that's oh, he's oh, younger, he's younger oh, than me. Fifty-two. He's younger he's than us, Brian. He's a Woodstock baby. He looks really I good for 52. Yeah, I wouldn't have ever suggested that uh-huh. he was 52. I would have thought he was 10 years, you know, 5 years yeah, younger like I than said, that. Yeah, he, 45 he doesn't maybe. look yeah. like he's aging, but he is. I mean, I don't know. That's crazy. Well, he went into the microverse and he didn't <laughs> age all the while he was... Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's right, he didn't age in that 5-year blip. Oh, well, are we going to wrap this up, talk, guys, or is there something one else? thing today that I saw. I thought about this. Here's my... I, I thought about this, uh, you know, after Endgame came out, and someone actually put a video out that that really demonstrated it. And it was one of the things that was in my mind was when they did the snap, you know, half the people disappeared wherever they happened to be, and we saw, yes. you know, of course, planes falling out of the sky where the pilots, you know, were ones that blipped or whatever, and 
then then five years later everybody blips back in what happens to people that were on like passengers in airplanes when they blipped out when they blip back into they just blip back in in the air this fall from the sky yeah yeah this fall from the sky what, what what about people that were on the toilet? They flipped back in and somebody else is on the toilet? Well, and, and they, 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 they didn't cover that, but they did cover... Would they still be pooping five years later? The was in labor with twins, <laughs> and the twins blipped out. But the guy and his wife, you know, stayed behind, you know, and of course that was traumatic yeah. for them. And then five years later, she's sitting there on the couch, and all of a sudden her belly just goes up. And, and uh, it, this was a joke video, so, they, you know, the guy's like takes him to the doctor and then the doctor comes out and he goes yeah the baby's uh, died unfortunately so did she her body couldn't take the stress you know it was supposed to be and he goes sorry dude see you later you know it's supposed to be a funny skit but uh pretty sad but yeah well i i will i'll bring this back to wanda that i did in the episode i was watching that i did like that the and i can't remember his name who's the guy that's head of sword the the kind of the the big bureaucrat whatever his name is no, is it no, guy? No, no uh, on the show. On the show. No, Jimmy, no, Jimmy Woo. Woo. He's no, 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 on the guys. show. Um, I'm looking for director How- Hayward. Ta- Tyler right. Hayward. Yeah. Uh, right. I don't. Uh, I, I, I really don't like the way they're kind of portraying him as a kind of a generic, evil white guy. Uh, now that may change. I haven't seen the rest of the show, but I did like on. Spoiler the- alert! It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> the episode that I was watching, he said. When he was kind of dressing him down and kind of kicking him out of his uh, little, um, his little, uh, um, uh, his little HQ there, he said, you guys that blipped have no idea what it was like for us that left, were left behind. You know, we had to kind of struggle to kind of keep things going when half the population was gone. And I think that's a valid point. That I did like that to, line also. It had I'm to be terrible. Yeah. It had to be terrible for everybody that half the people are gone and we have to try to make things work. Uh, and then suddenly everybody comes back, and for you, it's just like it was a, 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 a really a blip. But for right. us, we struggled for five years, so I think that's, there was that's another uh, really really um, good line. The line about grief that um, they're talking about that all yeah, over the place and, for and that it, one. It was really good, but I also think it's kind of BS. And, 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 <laughs> it's really good, but it's well, BS. No, it, it, <laughs> it's great. It, is it a, sounds like it's kids a talking to a line. parent. It, really good, it is a touching BS. line, but as someone that's had their fair share of grief. Uh, I, I can tell you that what they're saying is, is completely different because if, if that's the case, then my feelings for particular people were a lot different than I would have imagined. And and, and mm-hmm. I mean that's in, in all seriousness. I, I you know the thing is in, in the course of three years I lost three incredibly close people to me, including my mother. But the thing is, for two of them, my mother included, I knew it was coming, and because I knew it was coming. The, the actual of effect of it when it happened, the grief when it happened was lessened. Whereas with my first friend, whose death was incredibly sudden and an incredible shock, the grief was consuming, you know? Right. I, I, I hate right. to bring it all down. Well, yeah, you, you don't have, well, you don't have a time. To, you don't have a time to prepare. Right. Yeah, come to for, terms. Right. Uh, and our, our, I'd say it, our, our friend John is dealing with that right now. Um, but yeah, if, if you've kind of, if it's kind of, you know, if you kind of know that something's coming, you have a chance to prepare yourself. If it suddenly it happens, and yeah, I think it's more of a shock. But well, it's kind of like when someone you know in their 80s or 90s passes away, and knock on wood, my grandpa's 92. Um, you know, it's if it happens, it happens. You know, but he had a long life, right? Or that person had a long life where 
you know, are you sad? Yes, but it there's a difference between someone in their 80s and 90s passing versus someone right. in their 40s or it's 30s. Not ex- or it's 20s. not ex- that's not unexpected. Right. Right. They're at rest it, you know, more than anything. Yeah, right. and and you know, uh, again, my in my particular situation, my grandpa really doesn't have any health issues, although he did have COVID and did not tell my dad for 10 days that he was not feeling good. <laughs> um, and then he finally made him go into the hospital. It's a whole big thing. But, you know, yeah, I mean, it's it's like what, you know, the like my heartbreaking for what happened in Texas. And we talked about that in the last comics and cocktails or cocktails and comics that you should not have children dying because they can't they don't have heat in 2021. You know, it just broke my heart, you know, of, of these young kids dying in the night. It's just, you know, and I think it's something as the older you get, the more you realize that that life unfulfilled is it's 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 a, it takes a heavy toll. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that was, you know, you, you kind of accentuated my point there. And I, I really like that because the, 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 the quote, while beautiful, what, what they're saying about grief, while beautiful, was completely off mark. That's that's it. And anyway, you said that we were running out of time here. <laughs> I think I think we've uh, well we when you start talking about death on a comic book, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's time to. Uh, this time is like to, a transition uh, from sitting at the restaurant. You know, we're having our drinks. To now we've Last had a couple call. of drinks. Yeah, well, well, we're sitting around the campfire late at night, right? And it's like you're looking around, and it's like, do you ever think about dying, man? Yeah. You know. <laughs> Well, we're we're all drunk and we're wait, getting more. Wait, of it, so you mean to... I could be on the atom of somebody's thumb? Yeah. In there? Now I want to watch Animal House. Uh, yep. So I. What if we're the Lorax? I gotta man? ask our listeners right now: What are you guys drinking to listen to us? Because it's probably better than anything we've got. They're all passed out. Yeah, we want to know gotta get burned at gmail.com <laughs> yeah. or is there a separate one for no, this no, show no, no. go ahead and send it to that and uh, or write it on our facebook page yeah you know in 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 the show the show response we'd love to hear what everybody else is enjoying while they're listening to us of course those of you that are driving listen, i hope you, you're drinking just like water or soda or gatorade alcoholics anonymous fort worth texas <laughs> you've been to a con or you've been to your LCS and you thought you recognized the voice and you came up to them and made some contact. We want to know, at yeah. least write in and let us know who you thought you were behind so that we can at least compare notes. Right. Is this turning into misconnections or whatever? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw her on a subway. You had blonde hair, green eyes. Sorry. <laughs> I looked at you. You didn't pay any attention to me, but you are the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Sorry. Where are you reading this from? I just yeah. I used to read city pages. If you guys got that in your town and no, last um, time, last oh, time this was really. I, I don't really believe the stories in your magazines, but well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you about this time I was in the library stacks. <laughs> Okay, I know where that one comes from. You know, no, that's the dear, dear penthouse. I never thought it would happen to me. <laughs> I was I standing in the half price books. I suggest that to the Bins boys for uh, their wildest, you know, just to, for a lark to make up their funniest comment. I was in the LCS. You'll never believe this. They rejected it immediately. They didn't deal with it. It's like, I thought it was a good concept, but... Eh, they didn't like it. So. Well, well, Scott opened our last. Was it the last uh, 
just as Bleak of Superheroes book we covered with Ben's, he opened it with the following program is brought to you by the robbing of liquor stores. (laughs) 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 Oh, oh, and with that, John, I think it's time to sign off. We do miss. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let me ask you when you guys uh, (laughs) did you guys listen to the promo for Acts of Vengeance? The The, original. The the one that Derek William Crabb put out that's it's playing on a number of podcasts and where we should have it on ours too um, but it's a nice was a three three minute trailer talking about the it's three uh, uh, the podcast coming together including us and others and there's this moment there where where paul spataro sits there and goes uh turn up the defenses do something else and get this man a cold mountain dew <laughs> yeah, I remember then, that. This, then this Dr. Billy course going, yeah, yeah, no, 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 warm Mountain Dew. I like the, I like him warm. My warm wife day, yeah. she thought they were talking about me, and then she goes, wait, who's that <laughs> other guy? That's that's why I had trouble cutting it down to do our little promo because it was just so long. So I kind of chopped a little bit of it up and put that HBO. I, th- I came across that HBO. Yeah, thought, oh, this is perfect. Good. So I put that HBO uh, into, into All right. it. Well, I'm gonna um, go st- uh, stumble to the. Little boys' room. <laughs> Too much the information. The little yeah, manager's room. Yep. All right. Well, that'll do it for cocktails and comics. The fifth round. Hope you all had fun listening to us tonight. Babble about a number of different topics. Maybe you learned something about comics retailing, or you you enjoyed you know the discussion that went all over the rails. I don't even know why we have an agenda for this show anymore because we just go all over the place. I think that's, that's the fun part. It is the fun part, and that's that's what it's meant to do. I know many of us, you know, are missing our friends because we can't get out and do the things that we would normally do, and so hopefully that replaces a little a little bit of that for you. You know, again, envision us sitting around a table somewhere, just talking and and uh, you know having a good time like we did before COVID COVID times. Yeah, and that that time will come back. It will come back. We're getting. It will. We're, we're, we've got vaccine production ramping up. Supposedly there'll be a shot for everybody by the end of May that wants well, one. As, as I understand, and, uh, you know, I'll have two. We, 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 we did sadly <laughs> lose a number of people during the um, the, the blizzard that happened here uh, in Texas. And um, while the numbers weren't as big as they could have been, our governor is working to make sure that we uh, kill more Texans by lifting the mask restriction um, starting what Wednesday this week, I think on the tenth. Yeah. Uh, he says we yeah. haven't killed enough people here, so he wants to get some more. Yeah. yeah. The West Virginia governor has also lifted all restrictions, not quite as severe, except for standing at a bar and social distancing. But he's lifting stuff as well because the numbers have improved, and uh, yeah. we're not happy. No, well, I just five hundred thousand dead in a year. I mean. No big deal, right? Not to the Republicans. No, unless they, you know them. Unless it's somebody from your circle. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Uh, so much for our bitter comments. <laughs> yeah. Can you somebody end this? Yeah. Can you tell we've been drinking now? Now it's getting ugly. Um, and Tim, we know you don't like to talk politics, so we appreciate you. Uh, no, that's all right. Well, I, I'm just thinking that when things get back to normal, and things will, you know, uh, we all know that, that sometime whether i don't know what's going to be the con or it's going to be something we need you know i've met brian because he's lived 30 miles away from me but i haven't met kurt and i haven't met david i haven't met john of course john's three hours away from me so i can meet him easier we guys got to get together something some kind of a con like a Agreed. uh 
I mean, what the closest con would be in there, Ohio con. They have pretty, uh, they're a big con there, uh, Kirk. There has been a mid Ohio con for years and I don't know the current status, but yes, there is one in Columbus or dragon con. That's not, that's Atlanta. That's not too far from you guys. All right. And that's more middle. You know, the thing is, I, I know a, a, uh, a hotel that is just five minutes from John Burns house. And oh, well, no, we don't. I'm no, is that, no. Is, that, is that BDSM con? All <laughs> <laughs> right. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.
there was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if we could become something more so when they needed us we could make the podcasts that they never could In time, you will know what it is like to cross over. To feel so desperately that the comic is right, yet to fail all the same. Dread it. Run from it. March 2021 still arrives. Evacuate the network. Engage all defenses. And get this man a cold Mountain Dew. Ooh, cold Mountain Dew. Haven't tried one of those. Nah, nah, nah. Make it warm. Thank you. Fun isn't something one considers when podcasting an event. But this (laughs) does put a smile on my face. you guys the merry marvel marching society we don't know where we're going but we're on the way a podcasting crossover mega event in the spirit of jl may coming in march 2021 covering marvel's fall crossover event axe of vengeance. A cabal of evil threatens the Avengers and the entire Marvel Universe. Dr. Doom, the Red Skull, Kingpin, Dr. Doom, Magneto, the Wizard, Dr. Doom, the Mandarin, and Dr. Doom have banded together to pit Earth's mightiest heroes against foes they have never faced before. An array of heroes face enemies they are totally unfamiliar with. But who is secretly pulling the vengeful cabal's strings? And can the Avengers take down the true mastermind before his hidden scheme succeeds? Featuring podcasts from Third Degree Burn, Back to the Bins, Avenger Spotlight, Coffee and Comics, Comic Book Time Machine, Doom Speak, Fan Holes Podcast, Fire and Water Podcast Network, Head Speaks, Into the Weird, Justice, not entirely dissimilar to Lightning, a Thunderbolts podcast, Longbox Crusade, Married with Comics, The Quantum Cast, Resurrections, an Adam Warlock podcast, Rolled Spine podcasts, and Views from the Longbox. 
marching its way to your favorite podcatchers and hosting sites in 2021. Act of Vengeance, a true story. Thanks for listening. You can find us and many other great shows at tutufreaks.com. That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S.com. Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number three, R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E-B-Y-R-N-E, and is part of the Tutu Freaks network of shows. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn, spelled with the number three, and Burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gottagetburned at gmail.com. That's G-O-T-T-A-G-E-T-B-Y-R-N-E-D at gmail.com. Drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. Till next time, this has been Third Degree Burn. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn.